Welcome to Nimmin Live, the number one place on the internet to learn about YouTube, network with other content creators, and have an awesome time doing it. My name is Nick, and today I'm answering your YouTube questions with my brother from the same mother, D. How's it going? Officially, we are answering your YouTube questions today. He mm -hmm. kind of got a jump start on that. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. That's kind of my I, new way of doing it. Yeah. yeah so it's basically we, I am we, with we yeah <laughs> we are doing how's everybody doing hope everybody's doing fantastic hope that you are excited to uh, hang out today learn about youtube and all types of other you know related things you know as it comes to uh content creation if you are watching this on the replay i do want to let you know that we add timestamps down in the description so you can quickly jump around and find the content that matters the most to you based on the things that you want to know about youtube and what it is that you're doing and if you want to join us for one of these streams so that you can get your question answered make sure that you pop in on saturday at 9 a.m eastern because that's when we do these streams every single saturday and tell them how they can uh, ask their question so if you do have a question by the way if you are hanging out here live there is a form down in the description below where you can go ahead and put your question down there it is free to put your questions down there it doesn't cost anything which also means free so you can go ahead and uh, you know put your just open up the video description um, and get your question down there but in addition to that form there's also a bunch of helpful tools and things like that down there that can also help you out as a content creator as well which brings me to today's sponsors which are tubebuddy which is the number one tool for youtube content creators tubebuddy will help you optimize your videos for discovery it'll help you come up with video ideas it'll help you do little like uh, workflow related things too so for example this past week i had to update 157 descriptions you did not i did that so did i swapped happen. out alex i'll take things that didn't happen for 500 <laughs> but i did i even shared a screenshot of it really? on twitter yeah tell so, me about it let's talk about that yeah for a so second. basically i had to update the description so why? what i did why um because i was removing a link to something that i don't promote anymore oh. and i was swapping it out for something that i'm bringing attention to now how long so, did it take to change that link across about three minutes wow yeah so basically uh typically that would take you all day yeah but using TubeBuddy, i was able to do it in about three minutes um so basically with that particular tool it's called the find and replace tool and what you do is you just tell it what it is that you want it to find in your description and then what you want to replace that particular thing with and then you hit go and then it'll do the thing it's pretty amazing but they have that and over 90 different tools that can help you with what it is that you're doing on youtube so make sure that you check that out at tubebuddy.com nimmin i've got a link to that down in the description in addition to that the stream is brought to you by StreamYard, which is the live streaming tool that we use to stream every single Saturday at 9 a.m. Eastern. And the reason that we use it is because it's easy. They make it easy to bring guests on. They make it easy to put graphics on the screen. They make it easy to add background music. You can have videos play while you are live streaming if you would like. Um, you can screen share. You can do all of the stuff that you need to do as a live streamer with StreamYard, and it's super easy and reliable. In fact, they host everything on the cloud, which means if your stream goes down for any reason whatsoever, technical problem or, you know, something like that. That happened last week to happened us. Happened last week to us. StreamYard will hold the live stream open for you for, I think it's around 10 minutes. And that gives you time to either come back in on your phone and keep everybody there instead of having to just lose everybody that was hanging out and then restart a stream uh, where maybe people will come in, maybe they won't. So because of that, you can try out StreamYard at StreamYard.com. And of course, I'll get a link to that down in the description as well. If anybody from StreamYard is watching this, I just had an idea. So you can detect when you've got a problem. Mm -hmm. When that goes wrong, 
put a countdown. I've already given him this. A countdown timer that only the audience doesn't see it. Only the streamer. Mm. You've already given them that. that I haven't given them that one. What I gave them was a technical difficulties thing. So no. basically, if, if it the detects why? the signal that that went down, that it would say like you know, hey, we're having technical difficulties or whatever, where you don't have to actually go in there and add a video or yeah. a graphic or anything I like that. I would like to so. see a countdown here, so I know, hey man, we got like. We got a minute and 30 All left. before they close the stream. Before yeah, that'd they be good close too. the stream. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I jumped too early on that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so that, thank, that'd be good too. Appreciate the interruption. So, hey, my pleasure. Off to just, a great start. Hey, <laughs> just as a heads up too, um, for those of you, uh, just in case you missed my Black Friday uh, uh, live stream that I did, StreamYard is actually still having a promotion. You have one more day left where you can get the uh, one year plan and you'll save $100 off of the basic plan, $160 off of the professional plan, and it lasts forever, that deal. So if you sign up for StreamYard today, if you're somebody that's considering live streaming or you're wanting to stream and use StreamYard, if you get that deal, um, then you're gonna save $100 off of basic and 160 off of the professional plan, and it's always going to be that way for you. So you're gonna continue that discount forever, which is awesome. Forever, you can, ever? Yep, forever, ever. But that link is down in the description um, under the StreamYard link, so make sure you check that out. D is also for a few more days he's having a uh, promotion on his streamer templates website streamertemplates.com i got a link to that in the description as well to where you can save 60 percent for also a cyber week promotion there um, and what his streamer templates are is if you are a Streamyard user they are customizable templates that you can download and you can add them to your live streams to make your live streams look more professional with graphics and things like that um, but again you can find that at streamertemplates.com or you can hit the link in the description and just Put in the promo code cyber week oh thank you yeah and put the the promo code uh cyber week in there i think i said that the first time did i say it the first time no, no. okay yeah so make sure you use cyber week at, at uh, <laughs> checkout and uh in addition to that roberto blake is also running a promotion on all of his digital products as well so for those of you that know roberto you know he puts out really high quality educational products um he has 50 percent off of all of his digital products until december 8th and in his case you need to use the code cyber week 50 all one word at checkout there and you can find all of that stuff over at awesomecreatoracademy.com brian g johnson's in the house brian g johnson the house what's going on my dude hope that you're doing fantastic and uh lisa myers podcast says does it work on all social platforms so Streamyard will connect to your LinkedIn. It'll connect to Twitch. It'll connect to Twitter. It'll connect to YouTube. It'll connect to multiple YouTube channels. Um, it connects to Facebook as well. So all the primary channels, yes. And they also have custom RMTP. So let's say that you're streaming over to like Rumble or something like that. Then you can put in the custom RMPT uh, information there to be able to get your stream over to there. And the cool thing about it is not only does it work on all the social platforms, but it works on all the social platforms at the same time so with StreamYard, it allows you to multicast so you can have one stream going out and it's going to distribute that to all of your social platforms if you choose to use it that way because they have that functionality yeah i think uh, correct me if i'm wrong it does not yet work on instagram or tick for vertical for, ver yeah, for right. vertical for yeah, vertical yeah this moment in time correct right. correct so uh so yeah so that's the uh so that's the word and brian g johnson says uh hey nick and Edie, you know what's going on hope you're doing good hope you're doing good as well what's Chantel, nice to see you in here um homekeeping channel nice to see you here as well uh lisa myers nice to see you iPhone chris nice to see you dude thanks oh, for the super chat super, super chat. appreciate that dream builder 21 nice to see you in here home wrap repair ron's trains and things up, hope everybody is doing fantastic man about tech viper man about tech man i gotta get you that audio uh plug for him because i've got you one on mine that. yeah i know you just gotta you gotta help me 
remember. I'm gonna I'm gonna make a note of that right now. So yeah, we got Viper Man about tech in the house. Hope that you are doing amazing as well, my man. So um, so yeah, let's go ahead and get into the uh, content today. And by the way, just as a reminder, if you are just joining us, we do have a form down in the description where you can get your questions in there. It's all completely free. So if you thanks to our sponsors. So if you get your question down there right now, because we don't have a ton of them, we will get it answered on the stream today. So if you have a question about what it is that you're doing, make sure that you put it in the form that's down in the description today. I just made so, a note so I can remind you fantastic. to get that audio clip about Viper. Thank you. Thank there you. you. Um, Dream Builder 21 is our first question. They do automotive content. The goal of the channel is to entertain people with my projects and distract them from their day and to turn my model car collection into the real thing. The question is, what streaming mic do you recommend for a long arm that I can use? Um, that's around the 50 to 100 pounds mark. These are pretty good. Um, and by you know pounds, what? I don't know if you mean uh, like weight pounds or if you mean 50, uh, 50 to 100 pounds in terms of, of money. I'm not sure which one you mean there, but like if you British mean, pounds yeah, if you there. mean weight, um, these are these are nice mics right here. This is a Rode Pro, uh, Procaster, Procaster. Uh, microphone and uh, the Shure SM7Bs are good. You also have that Pod one, man. Mic. What, what, what's the what's the one that you streamed with when you were in Mexico? An SM7B. Yeah. No, 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 no. no, no. no. SM58, I As, think. You're talking about the little one with the, with the cap, the round cap. Yeah, the capsule. one that I was like, man, your SM58. audio sounds great. The SM58. SM58. What's it's the like, price tag on that? Now, I don't know, but roughly 90-ish dollars. Okay. Here's the thing, though. If you get a dynamic microphone, that's what all the microphones he talked about just, just are, mm -hmm. depending on how you're running that in. If you have something like the, you know, the, the, the Rodecaster here, you have some sort of an interface, it might be able to give you some additional gain or volume. If not, you're going to have to get what's called a cloud lifter or a fet head that's going to give your mic some more juice in order to make it louder. Mm -hmm. So just heads up on that. Yep. But yeah, the pod mic is also great. Yeah, the pod mic's nice too. I love yeah. the pod mic. It's I think that's a hundred bucks. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Pod and then they have they also have a USB version that I think that you can also get for around like 120 or 150 or something like that. So yeah, all kinds of great options for you. Hopefully one of those will uh will will we'll get that taken care of for you. Yep. So, SM58. Yeah. So uh, next up um, on the list here, we've hey, got Circle. You got, a, you got a member. Uh, KMH family, welcome back to the uh, to the Niminati. Hey, just a welcome heads up. Since you've been Niminati. away, just so you know, um, we have a Discord now, and I actually forgot to put the link to Discord down in the description. Uh, but we do have a community Discord now. You can find that in the last live stream, and you can find it in the last video that I published on the channel. You can find it down in the video description there. But as a channel member, once you connect into Discord, then we have like our own, in addition to the public Discord that anybody can join, uh, we also have an isolated area in there for members too. Um, so if you want like feedback on something or, or, or whatever, that's the, uh, that's the area that you do it in. So I just want to say that I want to acknowledge Brian G. Johnson getting back up on the horse and yeah. riding full speed ahead. Oh yeah. Full speed. He's like updating yeah. like, almost daily. Yeah. Yeah. He's crushing. Yeah. yeah that's how he back does on it. it. That's how he does it. Yeah. Brian's on or he's off. Yeah. And when he's on, man, he is on fire yeah. when he's on. Did yeah. You, did you Always. use back? Yeah, I just sent him a message yesterday. Like uh, I ran into some of his shorts that he was repurposing through uh, Opus Clip and awesome awesome just how everything looks in his presentation what he's wearing like the whole the whole vibe everything is just absolutely fantastic yep. love what brian g's doing yep brian g's back circle h scuba is our next question uh hey, really quick uh home rapid repair thanks for the super chat says my weekly live streaming learning super is chat. getting um uh leaning wait hold on 
my weekly live streaming leaning is getting somewhat low views on the replays. However, one popped off over 10 times the normal. Thoughts, I think it was a better title and thumbnail. So what you can do is you can go in and you can look at the impressions on, on that particular live stream compared to the other ones that haven't done as well. And you can actually confirm that it is the thumbnail and title by looking at your click-through rate compared to impressions to see if you got a better response at the click level compared to the other videos. And if you didn't, then in that particular case, go in and look at everything else in terms of you know how long people stayed in your stream and all of that and see if that was the thing that caused you know people to come in and hang out over there. Um, but that's awesome to see that you're that you got a 10 X uh, on the normal. That's great. And when it does come to getting more views on the replays, make sure that you I mean, you you hang out here enough that I'm sure you've already heard this information, but just make sure that you are structuring it in a way that does make it good for the replay so that when people do you know, see it and they come in uh, once it's a video on demand on YouTube, then they can come in and they can enjoy it in a with a better structure compared to a lot of live streams that are typically loose in nature and they don't really have like a really good flow to them and things like that. So I would just try to keep things tight. As soon as the live stream starts, make sure you let people know exactly what it is that you're going to be doing so that they know the value that they're going to be getting from, from what it is, you know, from participating in the content that you published. Um, and just make sure that you are structuring things in that way to make sure that, you know, people can get the best value out of it on the replay. So I just dropped in and I did it under your name so I can probably just write stuff and pretend I'm you here. Okay. I, I put some mics, some of the mic names that we were talking about and it just dawned on me. I also want to note that these days you do have some options with Mike. They do have like an XLR cable that is going to require that you have some sort of an interface. Mm -hmm. But now they also have some really good USB mics yeah. that just plug in directly into your computer. Mm -hmm. So research all of that. Yep. USB mics, XLR mics, figure out what's going to work best for you. Um, but you're probably going to want a dynamic microphone if you're trying to get something that's a lot for live streaming. Yeah. You want it close to your mouth. Gives you that podcasty voice a little bit. Mm-hmm. Jill Valentine says, I'm planning on going to college. That's fantastic. Um, good news that you are planning to go to college, there you I are. think. There you are. Um, Us Plus Dad says they upload every other day. Um, the type of channel is gaming and role play content. The goal of the channel is to create an interactive Roblox community. The question is, um, as, we, uh, as we look to start doing weekly live shows, which stream deck would you suggest? That's a good question. Yeah, I'm, you know what? It's so funny you say that. I, I'm, I'm just going to call it. I saw the XL over there. Yeah, I had it here. Yeah. Because I was going to just fill it full of audio, mm -hmm. but we just can't, came in too late today. Okay. If you have the room, if you have the room on the desk, and that is going to be your streaming location all the time, I recommend getting the Stream Deck XL. Mm -hmm. I have the mini, I have the standard size, I have the XL, and the XL is amazing. Because what you're going to find is if you have the smaller ones, you're always going to be creating folders to go into those folders deeper. But when you have the XL, you just have so many more options. Yeah. I think it's just easier. It's big. It's yeah. large. Yeah. So um, at home, I use the middle size one. Um, I think it's got what twelve buttons on it. I think for yeah. the for the middle one. Yeah. And then um, and then I have a mini um, on my main work desk, and I use that just for like quick launch stuff and you know things like that. Yo, but in my streaming area, though, it's a little bit more intense. I'm, let me show the comparison here, real quick, because I, I, yeah, I know yeah, where sure. both of them are. Sure. Yeah. And another cool thing too, if you are a live streamer, um, another thing that um, that I got from Elgato that was pretty cool is they also have a foot pedal, and that foot pedal essentially gives you three buttons. So 
depending on what it is that you're doing with your live stream and what it is that you're using the live stream and so on, um, you can actually hit that with your feet. So then if your hands are busy during the live stream or you want to kind of make it feel like, uh, like, you know, like things are kind of happening automatically, then in that particular case, you can do some of that switching on your feet. But again, you only get three options and then you get three foot pedals, you know, for each trigger um, for, for those particular things. So this is the standard stream deck. Yeah, that's, that's the one I use. Uh, this is the one you have at home, mm -hmm. right? And they have a mini model, which I believe is just six of these little yep. buttons. So yep. whatever the size of six of them are. Yep. And when you compare this to the XL, you can see it is substantially XL is bigger, <laughs> yeah. significantly larger. So if, if, if this fits in your budget and you have the room on your desk and you're going to have a stationary live streaming uh, system where you're always going to be in the same place, I highly recommend uh, spending the money and getting the, uh, yep. getting the XL. Yep, 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 yep. Zach Talks Tech. What's up, dude? Hope that hey, you are doing Zach, fantastic. On, nice man? to see you in here. Ernie, nice to see you oh, in here as well. Me. I hope you're doing great. I was supposed to send Zach something to go back from Japan. Zach, oh, it was thanks, a shirt, right? Thanks for popping in and reminding me. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Thank you. So Circle H Scuba, I'm going to say this name just like a few more times and then like, you know, go to some other questions, talk about some other things and keep coming back to that and just try to say the name a bunch if I can. <laughs> I've started on Circle H Scuba, I think like, you know, two or three times Circle now. H, Circle H Scuba? Yep. So, okay, so here's the question that Circle H Scuba uh, that I keep, right. you know, trying to start okay. on. So they have um, the goal of the channel is to get more people diving and replace my W-2 income. The question is across 10,000 subscribers. Hey, congratulations to you. High yeah. five and fist bump for, oops, high five and fist bump to you for crossing the uh, 10,000 subscriber milestone. I absolutely love it. Do we have like an applause button or anything? Um, no, but we no? need one. If I would have got in here early and set up the Stream Deck, stream deck XL, would have had it. we would have had an no? applause button. Hey, so on that reminder, I can send you the shortened version of the clapping thing too. There we go. Um, for that there too. Go. There we go. So um, let's see here. So just crossed 10,000 subscribers and just invoiced my first brand deal two weeks before my one year channel anniversary. Awesome. Boom. Awesome. Love it. Things are going well and I want to double down and scale up. What advice do you have on what to focus on next? I don't want to do too many new things at once. For example, I post one time per week. Should I try bumping this to two? I rarely post shorts and those are finally start uh, and finally start working on other social platforms by syndicating the shorts. Focus on list building and starting my newsletter. Create a first paid info product digital download. Trying to avoid shiny object syndrome while recognizing it's time to lean in. Love it. So when it comes to the goal, the part of your goal for the channel, which is why I have this particular part in here so I can kind of customize the information of what you're trying to do, is to get more people diving, right? None of those things will necessarily get more people diving outside of distributing your content across you know, social platforms so that you can reach more people. But replacing your W-2 income, that is something that you could use things from your list to start working on. So for example, where you have here. Um, uh, you know, I, I'm just gonna throw this out here and you're probably already doing this. But if you want to get more people diving, consider putting together some packages around the holidays and maybe some talk and some social posts about buy your significant other or buy your friend a diving package or something. I don't know, something like that. Christmas is coming up. It is. It's the holidays. Buy, buy your friend or buy your significant other or buy your children a, a, a potty certification or something like that. Oh, it's brainstorming. But yeah, I would definitely, um, you know, if that's the goal, then I would, you know, get your first, um, like, here's the, here's the thing that I would think about is if you're trying to get away from your W2 job, that means that you need to generate income from the content that you're making in order to generate 
income from the content that you're making, you're going to need to rely on ad revenue, brand deals, and or other methods of monetization. So if you can create your first paid info product slash digital download, then what's going to happen there is when you get that completed, then you can take the next step, which would be in that case, maybe list building and starting your newsletter so that you can also use that to spread awareness about the digital product um, that you have. And then from there, once you get that completed, then you can go in, you can start doing some of the vertical content so that you can also spread awareness about that and spread awareness about your newsletter. And then once you get that you know, um, uh, system together, so to speak, where you're doing that consistently, then um, if you want to ramp up to, hopefully you'll be, you know, making more money from it, you know, by that time. Um, and then from there, that's where I would consider, you know, ramping up the content that you're putting out. Um, also, when you're doing the short form content uh, so that you can, you know, get in front of more people, which would accomplish both the goals that you have in terms of getting more people diving and replacing your W-2 income. Uh, while you are doing that, also making sure that you have a really easy URL to remember so that when or, or, or domain name that that you can that people can easily remember so that you can also mention that in that short form content as well so that people can you know be aware of that when you're doing it because a lot of the show i was just talking to a really large TikTok uh person yesterday and one of the things that they mentioned is that it's hard to get people to click links on TikTok, but it's really effective to send people to a particular website so you know just telling them in the video like hey go to this website to get it um he said that that's extremely effective over there so um so because of that i would start with the product and then start building up into things that will help bring attention to that product to help you achieve that, uh, you know, to help you achieve really both goals in that particular situation is I would start with that and then work up from there. So Dream Builder says they still have not received an email from StreamYard. I guess it's in regard to winning the... Wait, which one? Which one? Uh, Dream Builder. I believe it was last week. Oh, yeah. Week yeah, you won. should. Yeah, you, you'll get it soon. You'll get it soon. Yeah, because I just sent those over. Um, let's see. I think I sent those over on Thursday because I was waiting for more DMs to come in. There were two DMs that I was still waiting on, but I just went ahead and sent it anyway because they were taking a while. Um, and those two new ones that came in, I'll be sending those over on Tuesday. So everybody that was in that first batch, you should hear something back here at the beginning of the week. And then for the people that are in that second batch, um, you should hear something by the end of uh, next week. 51 Drone says, just want to say thanks for years of consistent, valuable information that you provide. Nick, you've been a huge part of my success on this platform. Love that feedback. Thank you for the kind words. 51 Drone, super appreciate it, man. Thank you. Um, so let's see here. So uh, let's see here. Circle Scuba says that that was the list that they were looking for. Okay, that's fantastic. So we got that one covered. Now let's uh, move on to the next one. So next up, we've got Us Plus Dad. Um, they do gaming and role play content. The goal of the channel is to create an interactive Roblox community. And the question is, as we look to start doing weekly live shows, which stream deck? Oh, we got that one covered. Okay. Let me go again. Good job. Yeah. Yeah. There I go repeating. Mm -hmm. Camp Brood says they upload one time per week or more. The type of channel is hiking and RVing the national parks. The goal of the channel is to help families plan their outdoor vacations. And the question is, after 155 long form videos and 500 shorts over three and a half years, I'm fully monetized today. Um, can you explain how YouTube shopping setup works, what connections are available, and your recommendation in setting up um, shopping in YouTube? I looked into Shopify, but the monthly fee is expensive for new content creators. Yeah, it can be. So basically when you are um, going into the YouTube shopping, 
stuff. Um, basically, how that works is when you're uploading videos, then you can assign the products for you know each thing that you are going to be promoting. So the best practice there is that when you are um, you know doing things through the YouTube shopping, is that you do you know that you are like using the things in your videos instead of just telling people to go get stuff that you're not really necessarily using. That's kind of the whole idea with that. Um, so if you're going to be using the shopping affiliate side, then I would just keep that in mind. But if you are going to be doing anything of your own products, then in that particular case, that's where you would want to go into the Shopify side and start, you know, trying to build up that side of things. But if you're not putting out your own personal products, then in that particular case, then, you know, using the shopping option, you know, is, is fine. Next up, Lisa Myers, glad that you're enjoying the uh, information. Yeah, so oh, we got another, we got a, we got a side microphone conversation here. Yeah, yeah, we got a side microphone conversation going on, and I you just, know we should give away some microphones. We've got so many microphones laying around that we listen, don't use. Listen. I was thinking about this the other day. I had, I had somebody in my comments, and they were like, "Hey, what microphone did you use in this video?" And I was like, "Yeah, this one's like the Rode, whatever." I was like, but, "But I use a bunch of different mics, and I listed them out." And when I was listing them out, I was like, "Holy cow, I should probably get rid of yeah, some of these." Yeah, let me tell you something. If shipping from Asia to the Western world mm -hmm. didn't cost more than the item itself. Mm -hmm. I would get rid of almost everything. Sure, sure. <laughs> I would get, some of them wouldn't be that bad. Like, um, yes, I, I don't think some of them would be that bad. It would definitely be worth uh, looking into. But yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so I just wanted to, um, because I, I think she was a little bit confused on the, the, the type of microphones because she's talking about the tunnel sound. So I just wanted to explain something about different microphones. So what we're using here is called a dynamic microphone. And dynamic microphones are generally made to be closer to your mouth. There's a couple of different types of microphones. I don't have a condenser, but I do have a shotgun mic. So a lot of live streamers will use this. A lot of podcasters will use this. The mics that we put into the chat earlier, uh, they're meant to be closer to your mouth. The proximity effect, right? The closer your mouth gets to it, the richer and deeper it gets. But it also works at cutting out a lot of the room noise. It doesn't get rid of all of it. It doesn't stop all the noise, but it can help reduce it, especially when it works in conjunction with some sort of an interface that might have noise reduction or some sort of compression or something like that. That can also work to help get rid of some of the room noise. There's also what's called a shotgun microphone. And this is something that looks, this is a mini shotgun mic. Other shotgun mics are longer. These are generally meant to be off the screen. They'll usually be off of the screen so you don't actually see them and you point them at the direction of the sound. Now, when you're using something like this, this is gonna pick up everything. So if you have all sorts of noise around you, you have some echo problems, your voice is bouncing around, these sorts of microphones are gonna pick up everything and I don't recommend using a shotgun microphone unless you have a very quiet room. Now, that being said, there are things that you can do to deaden the sound in your room. If you have tile floors or hardwood floors, you can put rugs on the floors, you can put blankets on the floors. The more furniture you have in the room, the more it's gonna deaden the sound. The more things you have on the walls can help with sound, the reflections. Bookcases are great, filled with books to help uh, the sound reflection not bounce around. So there's lots of things that you can do that are cost effective to stop some of that reflection if you're hearing that tunnel or echo sound. Uh, and the microphone and the, the interface combo is really good at that as well. So I just wanted to share that because I know people who are just getting started can be kind of confused on microphones. Yeah, totally. But dynamic microphone, it's going to be in the shot. Shotgun microphone, you're going to get that out of your shot. Um, so it depends what you want. But just mm -hmm. if you are going to use a dynamic microphone, make sure when you're filming, it's not a situation here where it's completely blocking your face. Yeah. Pull it out of the way a little bit. A, a good rule of thumb is to uh, roughly about a fist away. Somebody can make a gif out of that if you'd like. Dude. So um, the next, <laughs> so really quick, so Neil Urban Van Life said have the uh, have the, uh, the the winners, if we were going to give stuff away, just yeah. have the winners pay for shipping. 
So, uh, so I guess we'd have to like figure out what the shipping was and things like that. But yeah, that's that's definitely something to yeah. uh, to explore. Yeah, but I mean, uh, we have here in, in the studio, we have so much gear that we've we, you know how it is like like we've been doing this for a really long time, either on YouTube or for other projects. We have so many microphones, cables, and interface, and we have so much stuff. Yeah, I'd love to get rid of it. Yeah, me too. The other problem is is when we're sending electronics back to the U.S., they might have to pay taxes on an import tax oh yeah interesting so yeah. yeah so by the time we ship it and if they're gonna hit with import tax so you know what if we were gonna do something like that then maybe around the time that we go back for vid summit or something like that maybe then yeah. uh, then that in that particular case then you know it could be tossed into luggage that's and possible. then and then we could ship it like once we got over there or that's, something like that so maybe possible. yeah maybe saving that for around that time maybe, of the year maybe it's like because i've been cleaning out the, the studio very slowly mm -hmm. maybe i should get a pile of stuff like we're gonna get rid of this yeah. we're gonna we're gonna give this to the community that might yeah. be a good idea actually yeah because yeah, i'm gonna start on that uh uh too in terms of putting stuff uh you know putting stuff across um zach asked if his super chat was held yeah so um so here's the thing with the uh the the super chats right here zach um d, uh, d was just talking about the microphones but now let's get into the real questions d is tacos. a taco a sandwich a taco's a let, taco. let us know let us know in the chat if you think a taco is a taco or if a, ta if a taco is something else other than a sandwich a taco is a taco okay a taco's a taco. But I mean, it is kind of a, a sandwich. sandwich sort of. It's a vertical sandwich. Yeah. Right? Yeah, it's, I guess it's so. Not, you're right. it, I, I don't mean, know. If we look at that bottom part. But a sandwich is If it was pieces. a flat earther, they would say it was flat down a, there a, in that curved bottom part. Look, a sandwich is two pieces of bread. Mm-hmm. Two pieces of bread. Yeah. A taco is one shell. Okay. Yeah. One shell. So, so if the taco cracks now, when you're holding it, does it become a sandwich? Now, the other question is, if you have one piece of bread, you put it in there and you curl it up like a taco. Does it become a taco? Now, what do you have? Right. Yeah, we got two weird scenarios there. So the taco breaks. Does it become a sandwich? And if you curve the sandwich, does it become a taco? What is a hot dog? Because the bun is kind of like a taco. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Zach, this, is, this is tough. Yeah. This is tough. I'm not really sure how to handle this. Yeah. Yeah. So taco, I guess we'll just answer another question. Taco would be a taco. Hot dog is a hot dog. Yeah. Sandwich is a sandwich. Yeah. He, he mentions here that it could be a hot dog sandwich. This is getting complicated. Yeah. Yeah. It's getting complicated. <laughs> yeah. It's way out of my wheelhouse. Hey, Paul yeah. Dixon. How you doing, man? So uh, next up on the list, we got Learn Spanish World. Uh, they do... Uh, they upload one time per week or more. They do educational content. The goal of the channel is to provide well-structured Spanish lessons to my community while I work hard and eventually uh, work on the channel full-time. The question is, some of my most popular videos are learn Spanish while you sleep videos. My followers have already alerted me that they get awakened in the middle of the night while listening to my videos because ads appear out of the blue. Oh, I thought that I deactivated mid-ads for those long-form videos, but while trying to cancel mid-ads, I get the following message. The video is uploaded with legacy monetization settings. Any edits um, will only offer the option to have pre-roll, post-roll, skippable, and non-skippable ads fully on or fully off. What can I do? So what you would do in that particular case is you would um, you would agree to that, and then you would turn the uh, you would turn the mid roll ads off. So basically, how it works is once you uh, you know once you update it to the new version, then and well actually on the old videos, I, I'm actually not sure how that works on the on old content because moving forward, you can actually choose it. And you can say, yes, I want mid-rolls, no, I don't want mid-rolls, and it's yes or no. Um, and then for ads, it's on or off, but if you choose on, then the mid-rolls are gonna pop up too. 
with the option to turn those off. So um, in terms of the legacy content, I'm not 100% sure on that. Uh, I would I would send, uh, I would tweet at Team YouTube and tell them the situation that you're dealing with and ask them what their advice is on that particular one because that's a pretty nuanced uh, thing and I'm not really sure on the legacy uh, on the legacy content yeah, uh, not there. Sure either. Alvin Watkins, what, I'm sorry, Alvin Watkins, welcome to the stream. Hey. Keep pressing, keep praising, love you too. Brad, Magic Flying Potato, what's going on? Hey, Brad, what's happening? Little Crafty Nook in the house. GCG English dude. Fun Zone, nice to see you in here. Really. Corin Creates, what's going on? Hope you're doing great. Yep. So um, let's see here. So Design Burst says that... Uh, Jerry, careful. They do interior design <laughs> content. The goal of the channel is to educate our viewers about interior design. The question is, when creating a YouTube video, uh, how can you say if the video idea is good? We've changed our style three times already, although it's still related to interior design. Now we plan to change again and add an element of cost, like comparing living room designs with a $1,000 versus $10,000 budget using online products from Amazon. Is our plan okay? If our idea is good, what thumbnail style would you suggest? So uh, one thing, if it comes to a comparison, is I would just do a two-panel thumbnail. The first thing I would try is I would do a two-panel thumbnail and then on the two panel thumbnail find a way to represent the thousand dollars and find a way to represent that ten thousand dollars so that it's a clear you know difference between the two without giving away the whole farm or they don't need to click on the video at all um, when it comes to knowing if the video idea is good sometimes if you're doing something unique you just have to kind of lean on intuition if it's something that nobody's done before you have to lean on intuition and say yeah i think people will really like this or the people that are interacting with my content i think they'll enjoy it and then you just got to try it and then you got to figure it out from there but um oftentimes for most types of content you'll be able to find other people that have done something similar so you can look for the type of content that you make and look for those types of ideas and see how people have responded to them in other channels you can also use tubebuddy to uh to actually go after the uh, keyword phrase like uh, you know interior design uh, seeing if they have something in there on like different price levels or something like that like a thousand versus ten thousand dollar budgets or whatever and see if you can find any information at all um, about people looking in terms of searching for that type of content my guess is of course you're going to be leaning on the recommendation system for this which is smart however the reason that you would use something like that uh, something like TubeBuddy for this is is so that you can buddy. so you can look at the um the search volume and when you look at the search volume uh, you don't have to worry about the competitiveness of it if you're not targeting search but if you look at the search volume then that will tell you like hey this is something that people are actively searching for so if i make a piece of content about this i can at least prove interest in this thing that i'm doing but really i can tell you right now if you're going to make a video about you know a thousand dollar interior design versus ten thousand um like i would probably even click on that if it got presented to me i think that's a pretty cool you know, comparison. And then you also can, you know, do that with, with different budgets, you know, over time and kind of make that a series if people, you know, respond to how you put the video together as well. Um, but in terms of, you know, knowing an idea is good, usually, you know, you just kind of check it against, you know, similar content and see if people have responded to something similar, or you use tools that help you with, uh, you know, researching search traffic so that you can, uh, you know, just confirm that people have interest in the thing that you're going to be publishing. Got some super chats. Super chats. Jackie O. Log, thank you for the super chat. Says, I heard that someone that uh, from someone that Twitter X could be used to test video ideas. If that's true, how can I go about doing that? Um, so, if you were to test a video idea on YouTube or on Twitter, let me think about this for a second because well, I haven't heard that concept before. While you're thinking about it, but I love it. it. I think I think that's good. Um, I can run with that. Yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. Let, let's brainstorm on that for a second. So, in addition to video content, just 
ideas in general. So Alex Hermosi, I think I told you about this. If you don't know who Alex Hermosi is, after the stream is over, look up Alex Hermosi, how he uses Twitter or X now, whatever you want to call it. And he uses X as just a place to dump his thoughts. He says he doesn't even give it much thought. He has an idea. He has a thought, something he wants. He just types it in and he, and he posts it. He doesn't, he doesn't think about it. And then what he does is he comes back over time and him and his, his, his team, they look at the things that have gathered speed things that people resonate you know so, this, so they look at like the the engagement on there like the right, comments on right, it right, things like, like that when i said this it resonated with people mm. so then they'll take those ideas that resonated with people again he's not trying to think through what he's going to do it's just oh i have an idea he writes it and posts it i have a thought posted it just stream of consciousness it's flow, flow of consciousness i remember there. you telling me about this actually. right 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 yeah. and then things that actually resonate with people they will try to turn those into into video ideas nice. and run nice. with them Right. Yeah. So there. So, yeah. So then, I guess that would be the uh, the approach there. Right. So, so yeah. That that's yeah. That's that's exactly. It seems like what they're trying to do. So right. yeah. That's good. Yeah. yeah. So you can make smaller clips for X. You can make smaller clips and put them up to see if they resonate with people. If not, that doesn't necessarily mean it's not going to work on YouTube or any other social media platform too. Like just perfect example. Sometimes people make content on TikTok and it bombs on Shorts. They make Shorts right. and it bombs on TikTok. Mm -hmm. Sometimes yeah, nothing's guaranteed. Nothing's yeah. guaranteed. But it you know if you want to put some clips up there and test them and you have some that resonate with people maybe those clips that resonate with people are something worth exploring nice yeah that's good yep and um ep videos diecast racing says um challenge play your favorite audio stinger slash sound other than super chat love you guys thank you for the super chat and the kind words uh so uh mine is the is the welcome to the Niminati one i love that one hang on That's your favorite, the crickets? That's pretty good. That's your favorite? Is that coming through Bluetooth? Uh, no, because it's playing through your phone. Yeah, so... Okay, that's probably enough. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, sure if we, chainsaw when he's I'm not the... sure where they get those from, uh, so I'm not sure if... Uh, it's yeah, I'm road. not sure if those are, are, are safe to play or not. I'm not oh, sure. They're not going to hit us on that. You know what I'm looking for? <laughs> oh, is that the duck? Oh, no, yeah. that's a, so, yeah. I'm using Rode. Yeah, so Rode has an app. Rode has an mm -hmm. app full of uh, sound effects that you can use, and that's what I was hitting there. Nice. I've got that one on my uh, broadcaster yeah. at home. So I thought this was sending Bluetooth so everybody could hear it. Like in, no, I don't think so. In its full glory. Yeah. Yeah. So those are some of my favorites because they're... Ready to go. So the next one is trying to learn bikes. Um, trying to learn bikes. They do DIY motorcycle maintenance. Uh, the goal of the channel is they make videos for their own amazement. The question is, while there are statistics that um, talk of how YouTube is constantly growing every year, um, are there statistics available about how many channels quit every year? And when a creator dies, does the channel get mothballed or deleted after a certain period of inactivity? Wow. You know, I've never even thought about what happens to a channel if somebody dies. That's interesting. Yeah, I have no idea. So I saw... A frenzy. Yeah, I know Facebook does like legacy accounts right. and stuff like that, but I have no so idea what happens to YouTube. I, I saw a frenzy happen two times on, on X mm -hmm. when X said that they were going to start deleting non-active accounts after a certain amount of time. People went nuts. Mm. My loved oh, one, people that have my loved one had passed. You know, his tweets were kind of like his diary or whatever. And then again, again, when Google announced that they were going to start um, getting rid of accounts that weren't active after like two years or something like mm -hmm. that, people kind of went nuts on that as well. So, I, 
I, I think all the platforms should have some sort of a legacy option. I agree. Right? I know Facebook does. Like, what happens to your account if, if you pass away? Yeah, that, that's a this, really interesting... This, this, uh, this is what happens, yeah. So um, uh, uh, thanks, Chantel and Doug, for bringing to my attention that I missed a super chat. Um, so Ria Torres, sorry for the uh, for the delay here. Um, they they dropped this one 21 minutes ago. Says, oh, really? Yep. Says uh, YouTube recap said that November revenue is usually higher. Um, it was double the amount here. So can I expect December to be the old amount half? So um, ad rates are still usually pretty high in December, like historically. Um, things usually drop off in January because that's, you know, once everybody's ad budgets are blown and all that stuff from the holidays. So that's usually where things drop off so you should still have a pretty good month um, here in December as well that is why people do vlog miss and you know that kind of stuff um, because right now you know people have the um, uh, you know have the higher uh, ad rates yeah and I know there's been a mass exodus from advertisers spending money on X mm -hmm. and they are going to be going to go somewhere they're going to go somewhere yep. right so I wouldn't be surprised if we see a little bit of a little bit of a bump maybe mm -hmm. from a lot of those companies spending more of that uh, ad spending on on YouTube yep and then uh, Family Funsters, uh, thanks for the super chat, says um, advice for finding super ideas chat. for a small DIY channel. So, um, of course, if you're doing DIY, um, the very first thing would be, you know, working on projects that you're already working on anyway, and then sharing those projects. But if you're wanting to be strategic about it, and you're like, hey, I want to make sure that I'm making something that has, you know, broad appeal, and you know, those sorts of things, then in that particular case, um, I would look, I would use TubeBuddy, and I would Tube research, TubeBuddy, and I would research things that people are actively looking for when it comes to DIY. So basically, I would, I would start looking for different ways that people would look for DIY related projects like you know how to fix and then just kind of hit the space bar and see what shows up um, how to build hit the space bar you know see what uh, YouTube recommends there and just kind of go through that process and then any of the ones that pop up that you think you would be interested in take those copy them and then drop them into TubeBuddy and then that will give you a general idea of the actual search volume for those so you can gauge interest to figure out is okay is this a problem that uh, or is this something that you know a handful of people are looking for or is this something that a lot of people are looking for um, and then that will help you know give you some guidance on uh, you know the right projects to work on if you're being strategic about it but really um, you know like if you wanted to take that route that's that's cool and it's smart but also if you've got stuff that you're working on and you have a DIY channel like anything that you're fixing you can make content around it and put it up there you know as content to uh you know to help people yeah and a little side note here if you can get into amazon's uh what do they call that their their video program uh their influencer program the amazon influencer program where you can upload the videos if you've got a diy channel uh, that's a great place to actually show people how you're using specific products mm -hmm. and you can make some affiliate money on that. I was just looking at some videos on that the other day. I need to recalk uh, around the bathroom sink mm -hmm. and I was just seeing what, what's been updated, you know, technology and all of that. Sure. And I was just looking at some new products and I instantly, and this is, you know, I, I'm always trying to be mindful of my behavior on very, what websites, social media platforms, whatever it is. But that was one of the first times I immediately went down to the videos to see mm. how people were using it. How are people using this? It was a way to like clean it up. It was some new little knife thing. I was like, nice. how are people using this tool? So I didn't buy it, but I put it in my cart. Yeah. So, so it's in there. You're, it's in, you're part yeah, of the way there. Somebody might get a sale off of that. Adventures with time. There it is, Doug. Amazon influencer shoppable videos. There we go. Thank you. It was a mouthful. I was like, ah, I forgot the name of it. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, let's see here. So Adventures with Time, uh, they do watch reviews and watch content. They do education and side hustle is the goal of the channel. The question is, I'm up over 60 Amazon, uh, up to over 60 Amazon affiliate links. 
listing wow, these in my video descriptions is putting timing. me close to the character limit. What alternate approaches are there? So speaking of the affiliate yeah, or the uh, Amazon affiliate program, that was not planned. <laughs> yeah. So speaking of the Amazon affiliate program, what you can do is you can um, build a store on Amazon um, and basically, you know, submit your channel to them. And if they accept it, especially if you're already sending like affiliate sales and stuff, then in that particular case, I'm going to look at your channel really quick. Then um, apply. Yeah, you got you got five thousand, almost six thousand subscribers on your channel. Um, you'll probably get in, but uh, but basically apply for their influencer program. And once you have their influencer program, they're going to allow you to build a store. So what you can do is you can have one link going to the store for all of the other things that you're talking about. And then if you have a specific watch that you're talking about in a in a single video, then have the store link that would say something like you know check out all of the watches I recommend here and. Then you would have the link to the one watch that you're talking about in the video so that if people were interested in buying that they can go directly to uh, that particular product um so that would be the uh that would be the uh thing zach talks tech says d working with the caulk yep listen the only two yep. people i know personally that can out caulk me mm -hmm. would be uh roger wakefield and paul peck okay are you a good caulker caulk with the best of them yeah i didn't know that yeah, yeah i know you can wire houses and stuff i didn't I know can. if i didn't know you were a uh, caulker caulk. as well caulk. do bathtubs sinks nice edging okay all okay. of it nice yeah er, neil urban van life what's up dude thanks for super chat it says um you can use chat gpt for super video chat. ideas and how good is four by the way mind-blowing plugins yeah it's pretty crazy yes yeah, so like um, I have one that I've just built for myself um, to where I've loaded in and I might make it publicly available too, but I've loaded in like the YouTube Terms of Service, community guidelines, all of their educational material, their white paper that they published a uh, nice handful of years back now on how their recommendation system works on like the technical side, um, all kinds of interesting stuff that I've plugged into that. Um, yeah, th there's, there's all kinds of cool stuff. There's also creators that are making things where you can uh, basically start asking it about like your thumbnails and you can upload thumbnails into it and then it starts giving you feedback on the thumbnails that you have and then in some cases it can actually use dolly to where you start prompting it telling it what your video is about and so on and it'll just make a thumbnail uh for you so yeah all kinds of fun ways that people are using that i actually have a video coming out on how to use chat gpt as a content creator so uh, make sure to keep an eye out for that because there's a lot of really cool stuff that you can do yeah for i'm disappointed that i didn't upgrade to four sooner yeah yeah it's yeah. awesome yeah yeah. I'm, I'm and just being able to talk to it like that is mind-blowing to me absolutely mind-blowing yeah i i'm i'm blown away I, I use it on my phone i've, talk, I've said this many times yeah. i use chat gtp on my phone pretty much daily mm -hmm. because there's always something I, i'm trying to like come up with an idea for something or just just say hey how, i wonder how you, you know how your brain works sometimes and i hope I, I assume everybody's brain works this way you're just sitting there having a coffee and you just get some random right some random thought in your head like why does it take two years to get to mars mm -hmm. i don't know why does it take two years to get to mars before you'd have to google that and you'd have to look through a bunch of stuff and somebody be advertising down on t-shirts for mars or something stupid but now they'll give you like in chat gtp will just give you like an up-to-date this is why it takes two years to get to mars and yeah. then you can say illustrate that for me and it can draw an illustration and show you how they have to use the gravity of, of the orbit and everything to slingshot it around like it's incredible yeah it's incredible absolutely so, incredible so jason james what's up jason hope you're doing hey, awesome jason. says uh why is chat gpt or why is gpt4 so awesome so first it has direct i just told you yeah <laughs> so you can but, figure out how long it takes to get to mars <laughs> come on but uh but 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 it connects directly <laughs> to the internet so um so basically it can scour information in yeah. real time yeah um in addition to that it directly will 
will use whatever it needs to use in order to accomplish the task. So for example, if you do need imagery, then you don't have to actually select that you want Dolly. It'll just automatically, you know, yeah. um, uh, pick Dolly to use it. Um, there's tons of plugins for it that can add additional functionality. And in addition to that, you can also build your own plugins for it, which is pretty cool. Yeah. It, 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 yeah, it, it's incredible. It knows, and it's not 100% accurate, and it'll warn you, you mm -hmm. know, there are inaccuracies, but it learns. It's constantly learning, and it's getting, the, the accuracy is scary mm -hmm. sometimes. It knows everything. It's like the wizard. Yeah. Yeah, it's the wizard, and what, and it will search the internet, and you will see that it's searching the internet. It'll like searching, and it'll show you the websites that it's searching. So really quick, I'm going to drop a link here into um, chat. This is a really cool thing. If you're a content creator, it's called Creative Fuel. And uh, with this, basically, it's chat GPT that's trained on your channel. So it understands your audience. It understands your niche. It understands the data behind your channel, all kinds of really cool stuff. Um, but I just dropped a link to that in the chat so you can check that out. So if you are somebody that uses chat GPT, um, there's some really cool uh, stuff that's a part of Creative Fuel also. So make sure you check that out. Yeah, and you know, even if you're using the free version of, of ChatGTP, which no. is 3.5, no. it's still, yeah, it's, it's still great. It's that amazing. by itself is fantastic. Like, I don't yep. really think, oh, I'm only using 3.5, I'm missing out on all this stuff. 3.5 is amazing. Yeah, it's amazing as is. But four is a big level up, though. Four is a big yeah. level up. Yeah, yeah, four is a big level up. But even with 3.5, which is free, you can like, like, hey, I have trouble coming up with video ideas. I have trouble coming up with titles. I have oh, yeah. trouble coming up with concepts. You can also uh, do you can also do stuff too. Like you can say, okay, this is the type of channel that I have. Right. I can only publish one video per week. Yes. Um, and I can do a live stream per week. Um, give me a content strategy for the next nine, uh, you know, or for the next ninety days yeah. on on you know what I can publish to achieve this particular goal. Yeah. And then it'll be like, okay. And then it'll just start mapping everything out for you. It's insane, mm -hmm. absolutely insane. Mm -hmm. So Making My House a Home is our next channel here. Um, they have been on YouTube for less than six months. The type of channel is decluttering and organizing your home. The goal of the channel is to help others while I reorganize my home. And the question is, I accidentally deleted my account when I'm so close to being monetized. I filled out their form. Is it possible to get it back with the same number of subs and hours watch? How long will it take to be recovered? So fill out the form, make sure that you uh, at Team YouTube on Twitter or on X. Here's the thing, everybody here, just a heads up for things like this, for if you have problems with your YouTube channel, if your channel gets hacked, if your channel gets deleted, anything like that, you need to have a Twitter account so that you can contact Team YouTube because they are <clears throat> YouTube's public facing customer service. Hold on, was that cough? Mm. Like, was that like, like, <clears throat> like it's like sarcasm no no that was no okay. no, no that was like clearing my throat oh okay. yeah yeah, yeah, I, yeah that was like sarcasm like, no, they, they, they uh, seriously yeah. they seriously help people like no, they're they you do. know so, like yeah like the chat support they can they can be helpful too but team youtube they uh you know on twitter they're they're actually really really good at, at, at helping content creators get things sorted so um, for so, things like hacks and stuff yes yeah so, accidental terminations right. all that stuff they're great for that yeah so Absolutely. just make sure that you um do have a twitter or x account and that you do follow them there so in the event that you do have a problem you can reach out to them immediately yeah and in case that doesn't work out uh let's take five seconds of silence for that channel yep All right, hope it works out for you. Yep, hope it works out. All right, next question. So, uh, TJ, work in progress. Thanks for the super chat. It says, on average, 40% of my, 40 of my viewers haven't subscribed. How do I change this? 
if only 40% of the viewers interacting with your content haven't subscribed, you're actually doing okay. Yeah. Yeah. You, because yeah, you have a really high subscribe rate. If only 40% of the people interacting with your content have not subscribed. So you're actually, you're actually doing great. But um, little things that you can do to increase that conversion is, you know, literally ask people to subscribe, increase it a little bit more by telling them exactly what it is that you offer and how it relates to them and then ask them to subscribe. Um, and then figure out places in your video where you can do that in a non-interruptive way. If you use graphics, it can get the job done, but if you do it vocally, um, it tends to be more effective. So uh, if you want to nudge that up just a little bit, then make sure that you are doing those things, but that you're actually doing great if only 40% of your viewers are not subscribed yet. Neil, Super Urban Van Life says, um, ChatGPT is like having a Nick Eves in your pocket. <laughs> nice. Oh, I love it. Absolutely love it. I got this right here. Here you go, buddy. What is that? Oh, Neil's? Yeah. Yep, yeah, I, I got that in my last, uh, my last, uh, not, I got it in my last video. Yep, that hat. I got it in my last video. Did you see that? What? The hat changed the camera. Oh, that's and, funny. Uh, the, the bill of the hat hit the uh, uh -huh. the the ATM, mm -hmm. and it turned on the right camera. Nice. So thanks, man. I appreciate that. I got this yep. hanging up here. I got this hanging up right right behind us here. Yep. Thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah, I got it my last video, and then I think uh, not the one before that, but the next one. Uh, that's my slacker Nick hat. So when I add that dude, uh, then I, I wear that hat. Love it. Scott Schaefer, thanks for Super Chat, says, thinking of starting a new channel, I have two niches I'm looking at. Um, what should I research to determine which niche has the best chance of successes? Um, that's going to depend on what your goals are for the channels. So if your goal is like, hey, I'm just wanting to get a lot of views, then in that particular case, um, look around the different niches and look at which one typically performs better in terms of view counts, meaning which ones typically get into like broader audiences and all that. If you're looking to generate income, then in that particular case, looking at the different channels and seeing which ones have the largest income potential. I actually have a video on my channel um, and it's called how to start a YouTube channel to make money. How it's do you either, remember it's that? either to make money or for the purpose of making money. One of those two. Um, if you just go to YouTube search and then you put in that and then put in my name, it should pop up because YouTube search is smart. So, um, uh, if you put that in, I actually not only tell you exactly what to do in that video for this particular purpose, but I also have a spreadsheet and in that spreadsheet, you can actually, you know, use that, copy it over into your own Google sheets. And then, uh, and then you can actually use that for the research that you're putting together to start figuring out how the different channels that you are possibly going to be competing against, um, are, are, are currently monetizing so that you can gauge the, uh, you know, the, the potential that you could, that you could have for that channel in terms of quick monetization and just like to the moon monetization versus like, Hey, making a little bit of money. So, uh, so definitely make sure that you check out, uh, check that out. Super chat. Josie arts. Thank you for the super chat says, um, what is the criteria from changing from content based on search topics to more nuanced content that is not search based? My channel is an animation based and, um, help based on what you see would be helpful. So um, when you are going for search traffic, the thing that you're reliant on there is people looking for information around the things that you're talking about. But when you are going for recommendation systems, that's where you gotta start thinking about things that people care about, that large groups of people care about at scale. So like, for example, if you're doing animations, then in that particular case, making animations based around um, things that you drop a bunch of water over there? Man, I just threw water all over the place. Oh, nice. 
Nice, nice thing to do with a bunch of electronics laying around. <laughs> Did you but, see it come but, out of the cup? No, I didn't. Wow. But basically what you want to do um, is you want to uh, start making your content around things that people can relate to, right? So if it's like, you know, waiting in line at a grocery store, if it is, you know, uh, waiting for, uh, so you're waiting in line for a grocery store, if it is being uncomfortable at parties, if it is, you know, um, workplace scenarios, you know, those types of things. So that when people see it recommended to them on their homepage, and it's like, oh, you know, this is something that I can relate to, or this is something that might seem interesting or whatever, um, and trying to pull people in from that. So um, when it comes to recommendations, you know, the thing that you're optimizing for there is the, is the relatability to the content. But when it comes to YouTube search, the thing that you're optimizing for there is the things that people are physically typing into YouTube. So that's the difference between the two. Um, if you weren't doing animations, there's also other approaches for people that are making content about other things. So for example, you know, if you're making videos about, you know, the, the, the Apple watch, then in that particular case, if you're making a search targeted video, <clears throat> then maybe you would make, and this starts at the ideation process, but maybe you would make a video um, that's a review of this, or it's this watch compared to uh, another, you know, smart watch or, you know, uh, you know, things, uh, you know, uh, steps to setting up the Apple watch, that type of content for YouTube search, because those are things people are looking for. But if you're, if you're optimizing this for recommendations, the approach would be different. It would be like, you know, this watch, you know, nearly saved my life, you know, based on the, yeah, you know, health watch stuff. Saved my life. This watch makes me, you know, X times more productive or right. you know whatever the thing is right. and and it becomes a little bit more general there to where it's not as specific but if people notice like oh hey it is like an apple watch or whatever let's click in and see how it's made that person you know uh, a lot more productive or how it's made them you know change their life in you know some way so that's the that's the approach when it comes to you know the the two but keep in mind even when you do search target things um they, they get recommended too um it's just that if you're search targeting it you are intentionally trying to get it to show up in youtube search but if you're doing animation content. Yeah, I would be leaning hard on recommendations. Another thing that I would do if you have the bandwidth to do this, <clears throat> and by bandwidth, I mean time. You should, is, drink, you should hydrate. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I, have, I have a couple times. So I'm, I'm going to here in a second. Okay. Um, but um, when you are making your animations, also trying to think about is there is there a little segment of this that I can make that's like 30 seconds long that I could also put into YouTube shorts and then have a direct link going back to the long video? Uh, I would also do that because when it comes to the long form content, especially with what it is that you're doing, it has to be super, you know, interesting from the outside and super relatable. And that's something that, you know, that it's a it's a thing you're going to have to work on. And you, you will have the obstacle of like, hey, I gotta grab people's attention with this and then compel them to click. But when it comes to YouTube shorts, that's just gonna show up in people's short shelf. And then that will introduce your animations to them. And then for the people that like them or that are into that type of content, then they might explore your channel and watch some of your other shorts. And then maybe that will lead them into your long form content or YouTube system might recommend uh, some of your long form content to those people. And then they might make the connection between, oh yeah, I remember seeing this in shorts. Let's let's check this out right so i would i would definitely be using uh i would be using shorts another super chat super chat so um josie art says what if i'm still at around 100 subscribers personal stories seem too nuanced to be discovered as long as those personal stories are wrapped around things that that 
that are of a common interest between like humans, then in that particular case, it opened you up. That's what I mean in terms of the relatability, right? Is if you are making something and it's like, hey, you know, we went to the mall, then in that particular case, it's like, okay, well, yeah, that's, you know, whatever. But if you make it around, you know, things that generate emotion, like, uh, you know, frustration of, you know, standing in line or, you know, tension that people have at workplaces and that sort of thing, then in that particular case, it doesn't matter how many subscribers you have. Um, if YouTube recommends it to people that are into that type of content and they come in, uh, based on it being relatable from the outside, then in that particular case, it gives you that opportunity to capture them and pull them into what it is that you're doing. Next, we've got, uh, okay, we did Making My House a Home. We did. Next, uh, we've got... Housery Arts, no, we are not doing channel reviews at the, at the moment here. Yeah, we're not doing channel stream. reviews uh, during this stream. So I'm I'm getting my uh, I'm getting a new desk uh, here in a couple of days. I'm redoing my live streaming setup at home. I'm getting a new desk. Yeah, he's getting a new desk too. Yeah. So um, so we desk brothers desk, activated. Yep, yeah, right no, there. Actually, what's happening is yep. he's, he's giving me one of his desks. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, 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 once once that gets here, um, starting either next week or the following week, um, I'm going to be doing a lot more live streams and stuff on my channel and on other channels as well. So uh, my so, channel you can do stream. You can do you you can do streams on my channel oh, okay yeah and i can do streams on your channel Take too yeah. yeah okay you can have so, it. so then in that particular case um you know i will be doing those more in the very near future so just stay tuned for that make sure that you watch my community feed as well because when i do stream to other places where i'm doing that sort of thing um then you know i'll be posting it there in the community feed so make sure you keep an eye out for that too yeah they're stand-up desks i think mm -hmm. charlie hey charlie how you doing they're stand-up desks what, what what i've wanted here for a very long time we don't have anything stand up in here mm -hmm. everything here your, is your your workbenches no, but I mean, there's nothing that, you know, mm. sit stand. Mm -hmm. uh, I've wanted a sit stand desk for a while, but more importantly, I want a, a larger desk on wheels. Mm -hmm. I want a larger desk on wheels so I can put a lot of stuff on it and, and just move it around different angles. So um, Diecast Racing says, um, what does that mean, no channel reviews? So basically, um, we used to pull channels up during the stream, and I still do it like on the Tube Spanner channel, for example. Um, they still do it on the StreamYard channel um, one time per month. Next but, Saturday. Next Saturday. But basically what it is is we actually pull up channels, and we're like, hey, you need to fix this. You need to work on this. This could be better. Um, this looks great. You know, uh, Just wait You know, because you're doing everything right. Just be patient with what it is that you're doing, like those types of things, to where we actually pull it up, and then we give people you know, direct insights from what it is that they're trying to do. So uh, let's see here. So next up, we got Sir Stefan, and Sir Stefan uploads one time per week or more. The type of channel is sci-fi and space PC games, reviews, and guides. Love it. The goal of the channel is education and entertainment for the viewer, road to full-time content creator for myself. The question, as a small channel, I do not have a lot of data history for analytics. About what period of time would it make sense to start looking at those reports and run analysis? So here's the thing. If you're getting 100 views on a video, if you're, if that's what you're, if you're getting 100 views on a video, then you have, um, uh, if you're, even if you're getting less than that, you're gonna have audience retention reports. So what you wanna do is you do want to go in and you wanna start looking at your audience retention reports on your channel and just start getting an idea. One, you wanna do it for the practice, you know, cause you're getting started. You wanna do it for the practice of just making it a habit of going in and seeing how people are responding to what it is that you're doing. While you're doing that, you wanna just start taking notes. And then as you start taking notes and you start doing that for every video, what's going to happen is you're gonna start saying things like, oh, I noticed this on this other video when I did this thing that that caused you know people to start leaving too. And then over 
over time, you're going to have a notebook filled with information that's going to tell you the things that will cause people to typically leave your videos and the things that will typically cause people to stick around when you are publishing your content. So I would definitely make sure that you are, uh, you know, uh, doing those sorts of things. So this is a fun Josie one. Art says, um, hydrate. How about posture? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. I uh, could sit up straight, um, without question. There's no fun in sitting up straight. So right. here's the thing. When I stream, mm -hmm. I have it, habits, right? When mm -hmm. I stream, I have a tendency to lean on the desk, to lean on the desk. Mm -hmm. If I'm working, I am fully like sitting up straight. Mm. doesn't matter if I'm actually sitting at the computer, like you know, doing something in Photoshop, mm -hmm. coding at the music desk. I always try to sit up straight when I'm, uh, when I'm working, when I'm streaming, yeah. this is. Yeah. For me, it's usually where standing comes in. Mm. So, uh, so your English Fun Zone is our uh, next question. They do educational content. English is a second language. The goal of the channel is teach non-native speakers um, to learn English and do this full-time on YouTube. And the question is, I look at other English teachers' videos to get ideas for mine. I often look at the comments. There are times when I see questions that haven't been answered by the teacher. What are your thoughts about answering those questions? It's a really good move. Um, I hesitate to do that for some reason. I also hesitate correcting the teacher when I hear them make a major mistake in their video. So that happens to me too. So like sometimes if I'm watching, um, you know, like uh, if I'm watching a channel and I see a video pop up or if I see a video pop up and something about YouTube and I watch it, um, sometimes I'll see something and I'll be like, yeah, that's completely not right. Um, but I'm not going to say anything because it's not my place to say anything, right? Um, so I wouldn't worry about that particular part of it. But in terms of the answering the questions that they didn't answer in the video, that's wide open. So, you know, I'm not a fan of, of, of attacking other content creators for any reason. Like, I don't care what they do. They can just do what they do. You and do the people though. that, well, well, that's different, but, but the people that are interacting with, uh, the people that are interacting with those channels, they, you know, they are choosing to, you know, interact with those channels. Um, in your case, they're choosing to interact with those channels, you know, or not. So just let, you know, people do what they're going to do there. But when it comes to answering questions out of their comment sections that were not addressed in the video, you don't need to screenshot their question, but you can make videos about it because you have that person that's having that issue and that's trying to understand that thing. And if it hasn't been, uh, if that video hasn't been published on those other channels or it was something that was omitted from a particular video, then that's an opportunity for you to make content about that. Because if that person is like, Hey, why didn't you say this? Or why didn't you talk about this? Then there's probably a lot of other people that aren't as vocal as that person that's all also thinking the same thing. So because of that, absolutely start, you know, start making some videos um, about, about the comment sections. Jermaine Sound, how you doing? Welcome. Mm -hmm. And uh, Golden Heart from the Philippines. Welcome to the channel. Welcome to the live stream. Yeah, welcome to the yeah, live stream. And I, I don't generally correct someone in the comment section mm -hmm. uh, if it's under their video. I have. Yeah, that too. Yeah, that, that's a, I, like, yeah, because she just followed up right there saying, yeah. uh, but, you know, do I answer it in the chat or on that channel? Yeah, so it, I, I wouldn't interact with that channel with corrections yeah, instead. I, yeah, I would, it, I would make content about it. Once in a blue moon, and if somebody says something and it's something where I'm really knowledgeable about, mm -hmm. I don't do it in a way where it's just like, oh, God, this guy. Yeah. Right. I, I'm just like, hey, you know, uh, it could be this. I try to do it in a nice way. I try to refrain though, but you know, if it's on X, Twitter or Reddit or something like that, I might be a lot more engaging in yeah. that. But I, but I always feel it's kind of disrespectful to try to, you know, correct the, the creator. Yeah. You know, I agree. But you can make a video. You, you yeah. can make a video, the same video and say it correctly. Yeah. 
and you can even start your video that way. So basically, if if another creator, and this is actually a strategy, like this is the, like people, like what you're talking about is something that people actively do. Yeah. So when you are watching something and in your space, and you're like, hey, they completely missed the boat on this. They missed a huge opportunity. People are yeah. talking about it in the comments, whatever. Right. Then you can frame your entire video around that, or you can make a similar video, but start your video with that. And then when you start your video with that, then the people that are coming in that are watching some of those other channels are going to be like, oh my gosh, this is great. They're 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 covering that thing that these other channels are completely you know sleeping on. Yeah. So absolutely, you uh, that that's a good that's a good approach. But I wouldn't call that channel out. Yeah, yeah, I, I, would, I would definitely not it, do that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm not a fan of drama in any capacity. Yeah. Um, um, oh, really? it, it doesn't, you know, like I, I you know, it doesn't, uh, like it makes me uncomfortable. And I think that it's just not a professional thing to do to start, you know, to start any type of, you beef? know, drama on other, yeah, beef. beef. Yeah, to start beef on, you know, other channels and stuff. <laughs> so uh, let's see here. So next up on our so I was watching Nick Nimmin's list. video. Let me show you what he got completely <laughs> wrong when yeah. he said. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, hey, everybody makes mistakes, yeah. right? So uh, next up, we've got um, uh, Ep Videos Diecast Racing. I think this is the question that they were talking about. It says the type of channels dedicated to racing Hot Wheels, diecast cars, and diecast cars for entertainment. Do you remember when we were young? We used to like hit the break them with hammers and stuff, like a uh, little like matchbox. We'd take them in and basically simulate car crashes and stuff. Yeah. Good times. Yeah. So the goal of the channel is to provide good, clean entertainment for families or single dudes who love racing. Um, personal goal is to become a full-time content creator. And the question is, please use my channel as an example to teach today. What have I done right? Um, if anything, what have I done wrong? How can I improve to go full-time? Rip me apart if you wish for the benefit of teaching your audience today. Learning is falling, uh, failing forward. Yeah, so for the channel review things, Rip. that is something that we do, you know, on, on other channels. But uh, but 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 here. Me apart. So, so when it comes when it comes to my channel the only reviews that i do here are monetization reviews and i'm going to be starting those streams up soon too and with those monetization reviews what they are is they're where i look at channels that are you know that people are uploading videos to and i look for ways that they can monetize what it is that they're doing um those are the types of things that i do here and then on the tube spanner channels where i do um, actual channel reviews and then on the Streamyard channel next saturday is where they do the reviews where basically it's like a game show and then they will pull up a channel and then they will pick what is it? it's one thing right right so you pick one thing to focus on then if they clear that then they get another role right right yeah the, and then the, if they don't clear that like if it's like hey you don't have a value proposition then they're they're off the they're off the off the stage right you're talking about our game show. yes yes yeah, but the wheel decides what we look at right 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 the right. wheel decides so they they spin the wheel and the wheel might say optimize thumbnails yep. then we look at their thumbnails and if they're optimized we'll give them some advice on what they can do to optimize mm -hmm. thumbnails. So I was just looking at your channel. We're not going to pull it up. Uh, just my advice, just at a glance, I would just say, look into learning how to optimize your homepage. Mm. Next up, we've got Studio Nova TV. They upload when they have time. The and type of channel is anime reviews and manga voiceovers. The goal of the channel is to build an audience and possibly do YouTube professionally. The question is, when I'm making videos on different topics, do I need to focus on tags and SEO to help YouTube find an audience for the video, or do I just wait for YouTube to do its thing? I uploaded a video recently, and I noticed that the views didn't start coming in until I went back and added tags. So when it comes to tags on YouTube videos, um, according to YouTube, tags are not, you know, Effective anymore. What they recommend is that you uh, only put in misspellings and things like that, which then makes you question, well, if misspellings matter, then why wouldn't anything else matter, right? So that is why um, I always recommend to people that you use the box, but you don't spend tons of time on it, right? So use the box until they take it away. Once they take it away, then it'll be gone. But, um, but if it's there, 
just like all the other things, you know, when you're uploading your video, just go ahead and fill it in. So TubeBuddy has a tool that where they just recommend tags. So with that, that's the most efficient way that I found to do it to where when you upload your video, TubeBuddy will say, hey, here's all the tags that are relevant to this video. And then you can uh, just be like, yes, this is relevant. This is relevant. This is relevant. This is not. So I'm not going to add that one. This is, this is, this is, and then you can get on with it. Um, and then when it comes to like your titles and, and your description, that's where you do want to try to give context if possible. Keep in mind, YouTube system is really smart. YouTube system is looking at your video and it like frame by frame, it sees what's happening. It is uh, transcribing your video so it knows what it is that you're saying and what it is that you're talking about. But when you do add those types of, you know, additional context to your video description, it's just one more piece of information that the system uses to, you know, identify that this is what this video is about. So as much information that you can use or that you can apply to it, that will help their system along, even though it's going to figure it out anyway, um, it just makes sure that at the time of publish, everything is in alignment and that you, and that you, you know, release it out into the wild, so to speak, with the best possible chance of it going in front of the right people. Yeah. In regards to the channel where I was just talking about, uh, the game show that I'll be doing with Daniel next week on StreamYard, after your stream, uh, we will actually show you how to optimize your, your homepage. Mm -hmm. So stop by for that. So Josie Art says, can you explain how TubeBuddy can help me find a topic with high search volume, low competition? Does that mean low view potential? So no. So if you are targeting search, which again, in your case, I, I wouldn't like, I would be going after recommendations, but in terms of the topics themselves, what, what like you use a tool inside of TubeBuddy called the Keyword Explorer. When you use the Keyword Explorer, what it's going to do is it's going to show you um, like these little sliders, uh, or they're not sliders, but it's like these little uh, uh, graphs. Doohickeys. And what you want to look for is you want to look for search volume, and you want to make sure that's high. And if you're actually trying to target search, then in that case, you would look for competition, and you would try to make that, you know, you would try to find things that are as low as possible. So that's what you want to look for, and it's the, the tool that you would be using for that is called the Keyword Explorer. But another bonus with that is let's say that you are looking through that information, you're like, okay, this is a high, you know, a high search thing, then what you can do is you can look over in the side panel, and it's also going to give you a bunch of other things related to the, to the thing, to the title or the topic that you put in there, not the title, the topic or the keyword um, or keyword phrase that you put in there. And it's going to give you recommendations on other ways that people are looking for similar ideas. So then you can say, okay, well, this is the, the first way. Um, this is, you know, the search volume versus the competition for this. And then now let me click one of these other suggestions and that is still relevant to my video and see uh you know the the search volume and the competition for that and then you just rinse and repeat that process until you find something that's a good fit for what it is that you're trying to to rank for so another super chat super chat right which one is this dream builder 21 uh, have you used a promotion feature on youtube no it's still in beta no the last time I looked, it was really expensive mm -hmm. to promote. Yeah. It, it didn't make sense. Yeah. I, I'm a big fan of organic growth on YouTube. So yeah, yeah. Um, like if you have something to sell, then in that case, it makes sense. So for example, let's say that you're a content creator and you have a video where you are promoting something as an affiliate and it's converting well. Then in that particular case, yeah, promoting that video a little bit because you are going to make, you know, long-term revenue on that, that will more than pay for the ads that you're spending on it as long as it continues to convert that's a win. However, if you're like, Hey, I'm going to use this just to try to get views on my videos or to try to grow the channel. Yeah. Try to do that organically. Um, because when you are using things like advertising to grow your YouTube channel, the, the thing that you run up against is 
if that is your method of growth, then you are skipping the fundamental thing, which is learning how to get organic growth in the first place. So if you stop spending money on the advertising or the promotion, then in that particular case, then it can you know slow everything down and kind of bring the channel to a halt. But if you learn how to generate organic growth on your channel and you know start getting views naturally on YouTube by the because of the way that people are responding to your content, then in that particular case, you're going to be able to do this for a really long time, and you're not going to have to spend money on any type of advertising or promotion because the way that YouTube system works, they will do all the heavy lifting for you. So once you get your content to a point to where it's getting a, a good response for your competitive response, then they will start showing your content to more people that are similar to the people that are enjoying your content. Um, so that's the thing that you really got to make sure that you are, uh, that you're, that you're focused on. Um, let's see here. Uh, Starlo Galetta. I hope I'm uh, saying that uh, correctly. Hey, Chad Garber says I'm really tempted to add some guitar to your coffee song. Hey, if you want to, if you want to give it a shot, like I was actually just talking to D about that. I think it was like last weekend, yeah, telling yeah, D yeah. that he needs to do like a guitar solo in there. But um, but I can actually send you the track, so you don't have to download it off of YouTube. I can send you the track, just like DM me somewhere. I think we're connected on Instagram. I think so. Uh, DM me on Instagram, and uh, next time I'm on Instagram, um, when I see that, then I'll send you like the MP3 or something, and uh, and 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 you can put something on there, and we'll just see how it sounds if you want. You know, it'd be fun is to have all the musicians that are like everybody contribute to it everybody yeah. contribute to whatever song it doesn't matter what the it clapping is. song would be a good one just for that whatever. so just then like it's everything. like a whole you know like a community celebration thing yeah, yeah, with yeah, the clapping yeah, yeah. song be, that, that, that would be, be cool fun. that'd yeah. be fun i have to think that through so uh let's see here so the yeah starlo galetta my apologies for going off the rails there. Um, they do reaction, teacher life, and creative art content. The goal of the channel is to provide comedic teacher therapy with eventual hopes of a podcast or live streaming. The question is, has there been a change in the algorithm and how shorts are pushed out in the last week, or does it increase in feeds as subscribers increase? For example, did YouTube double the number of feed drops because I passed 400 subs? I've gone from 1.3 thousand views to 5.9 thousand views with nothing else changing except passing 400 subs. Here's what happens. So when you are publishing any content to YouTube, it doesn't matter if it's a live stream, a long video, uh, you know, basically I'll just call it a normal video, um, a normal video or a uh, short piece of content, everything is response-based. Your channel doesn't matter in terms of, like if you have a new channel and you publish a better video than somebody that has a million subscribers, then even though the a million subscriber video might have that initial built-in audience that's going to respond positively to it at the time of publish, then if their video doesn't get past their, you know, the group of people that are heavily engaged in their content, then a brand new channel can make a competing video. And if it's a really good video and people are responding to it better, long term, that video on the new channel will end up doing better than the channel with a million subscribers. So because of that, what's happening is that people are responding better to that content. And, you know, it's not necessarily about, you know, having the subscribers. It's also about people that are interacting with your content. So when YouTube is recommending content, uh, your content to its users, then what they are always on the look for is this group of people is enjoying this. Let's show it to more people like this. 
And when they find those pockets of people that are that are enjoying it, then you'll see spikes in views. And then when that that group of people kinds of run, kind of runs out based on how they're responding to the content, then that's where you see the the view count start to fall again. That's why in a lot of content, especially you know in the recommendation system, you'll see stuff go like this. You'll see you know videos will take off because of that initial group of people. But then if it doesn't perform well to a broader audience, then you'll see videos just, you know, kind of flatline. Um, so the same exact thing applies in terms of you'll see videos that are dormant on a channel and you're like, Hey man, this video hasn't gotten any activity in, in a very long time. It's still getting some impressions, but not much. But if YouTube does find an audience for that, because let's say something happens in the world or another creator makes something or whatever, and it is somehow topically related or people start searching for it or whatever. And, your video happens to pop up and people start responding to that video out of nowhere, then that same exact thing happens to where it's like, hey, people are having, you know, they're having a great experience with this video. So now let's test this video again against people that are like these people. And if they respond well to it, then, you know, you'll have more views come in until people start responding to it at a less competitive rate compared to everything you're competing against. So that's what's going on when you are, when you're having, you know, spikes like that or when things just raise, right? Because Maybe when you were getting, you know, one to 3000 views uh, per short, maybe you, you know, were doing something a little bit different. It could be, you know, your tonality. It could be how you're editing things together. It could be the topic selection, anything like that. And then now, you know, maybe you're just a little bit better at making the, the content and that by itself could be the thing that's causing it to, you know, to do better. So all kinds of different variables there, but, you know, in a nutshell, that's kind of uh, the, the, the thing that's going on there. So next up on our list, Resin Dragon Studios. Happy Saturday to you as well. Nice to see you in here. Hey, Jimson. Yeah, Watercolor Wizardry. Hope that you are doing great. That's a great name. It is. Watercolor Wizardry. Yeah, it makes me want to like start painting watercolors. Yeah. So uh, here's so the next up on our list, waiting for the page to load here. Colorful Tales, welcome to the stream. John Drummond, nice to see you in here. Hope you're doing great. So uh, hey, hey, we've Ash, got... How you doing, man? We've got... Uh, uh, Ash Borland, what's going on, dude? We've got um, Art with Mazzy is our next question. They do art for kids, how-to channel. The goal of the channel is fun and entertainment while doing my favorite subject. It says, hey, Nick and D, I got multiple questions for you, so let's get started. I'm only gonna answer the first. Um, says, uh, just cause you know, we gotta give you know space wanted, for everybody else. Number two is easy too. So, um, so how do I record audio without a microphone since I'm on an Android phone? Just make sure that your phone is somewhat close to you um, because there, there's a couple things you gotta think about. One, make sure that the phone is somewhat close to you. Um, Two, try to make sure that you're recording in an environment that doesn't have a lot of competing noise. So, for example, if you are recording indoors, then in that case, you know, make sure that you don't ha you're not standing right next to an air conditioner or an air conditioning vent. Make sure there's no music playing, that kind of stuff um, when you're recording directly in your phone. Because the only option you have there, if you don't have a microphone, is to try to get the mic, you know, or the 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 camera and the mic, you know, as close to you as you can. Um, D wanted to answer the second one here on yeah, cutting wanna, out the background noises without cutting out the commentary. Yeah. So Go. what's going to happen is when you're recording audio and you don't have any sort of a microphone, you need to be, don't put the phone too close to your mouth or it's going to pick up all of your mouth sounds and all the puh puh sounds and the harsh S's. Back it off a little bit so the air is not hitting it. Another thing you can do is when you buy a phone, almost all of them come with some sort of an earphone that's got a little microphone in it. You can play around with that to see if that actually A sound. lot of people do that. Uh, yeah, a lot yeah. of people do that. Sometimes those sound a lot better than just trying to use this by itself. So you're going to have to experiment there. The second question is how do you 
cut out background noises without cutting out commentary, you can use the Adobe podcast. It's uh, podcast.adobe.com forward slash enhance. There's also an app called Bruce Free. Uh, I think I'm looking at my phone. It's uh, B B R U S F R. It is a paid app, but it is a noise reduction app. Mm-hmm. Uh, but here's the thing: if you've got a noisy room, you have to be realistic and say, okay, um, it, 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 like a quiet room is the best way to record. If you have too much noise, these systems, these apps, and Adobe can only do so much. But the enhanced Adobe podcast is is really good. And this is another good suggestion too. I mean, with this, you do have to purchase something, so it might not be ideal for what you're trying to accomplish. Yeah, but buy a microphone. But, yeah, but, yeah. But if you if you did want to, yeah. Um, John here mentions you know getting a Rode Wireless Go and then plugging the receiver into the uh, USB port, and then uh, Resin Dragon says love my my Rode Go. I use one of those too. The Rode Wireless Go, they're awesome. So. Uh, you know, so if you did want to buy something, there's that. But then there's also something called a Boya BYM1 that is a wired mic, and you can get those for like 20 bucks. I think the Rode yeah. Wireless Go Kit, I think that's what, 100, 150 bucks, yeah. something like that. Yeah. And then the uh, the Boya BYM1, it's like $20 on Amazon. So if you can, you know, if they, you can spare 20 bucks, then that might be the, the, the solution for you if you if you are trying to get better audio. So next up, we've got my Yarn Loft. Uh, they upload every other day. The bites, uh, the type of channel is bite-sized crochet tutorials. The goal of the channel is creating content tutorial, uh, crochet tutorials for business people, for busy people, and monetizing. The question is, um, I create a few tutorials at a time, and they uh, wait unlisted before it's their time to go public. However, in the meantime, I share the link in craft groups if anyone needs a tutorial that's currently unlisted, and I get a few views here and there. Do these views hurt the short-term performance of that particular video once it goes public? No. So uh, when you are publishing a video to YouTube, if it is private or unlisted, if you have anybody interacting with that content at that time, um, it doesn't count. When you go and you publish the video and you make it public on YouTube, that's when everything starts counting. So uh, so when it comes to that, uh, no, uh, don't, don't, don't worry about that. Okay, so I'm, I'm just going to go back to the last question real quick about the microphones. These little guys are about $20 on, microphone, uh, on, on Amazon, and the way it works... I don't like mine. Well, I'm, I, I have that, and I, yeah, I'm, I'm it, not it, a... It, uh, yeah, I mean, it's 20 bucks, yeah. um, but, you know, this is small right here. It's got a little receiver that plugs into the bottom of your phone. If you need to be wireless and, you're not, and you've got a budget, these are around 20 bucks. They're not incredible. Yeah. They're kind of funky to work with, but they do get they the do job get it done. done. Yeah, they do if get it done. If you're on a budget, yeah. they get it done. Yeah. Other, you know, but if you don't mind the wire, mm. the boy is a good choice yeah. for that. I just wanted to... Throw that out there. Well, got- would you say in terms of audio quality, would you say that they're comparable in, in terms of the of that one versus the BY the the Boya? The Boya sounds great. I, I if you go to my my YouTube channel, Dean Emin, I've got a couple different that's called lavalier microphones. Mm-hmm. I have a couple different tests of different microphones on there. I have a whole I have several videos on audio for your smartphone. The problem is you're an art channel, I believe. And if you need your hands and you've got a cable, you're going to have to get clever, like run it up the back of your shirt or maybe, or, you know, tape it up or pin it up the back of your shirt and bring it over this way so you're, so the cable doesn't get in the way. So, But the, the cable is really long. It's like 15 feet or something crazy. Yeah, it's super long. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, like if your house were to get raided and you were like on the third floor. you probably use it as a rope to get out. You could, yeah, you could like <laughs> tie it around. So you could tie it around the refrigerator oh, and like it. rappel out of the balcony or out love of the it. window and, and, and in, run in away. In the event of an, a zombie apocalypse. Yeah. Yeah, you can yeah. use it as a, yeah. as a escape device. You can also tie people up with it if you, if you needed to do that. 
Oh, yeah. good yeah. goodness. Catch okay. an intruder in the house, tie their hands up, tie their feet up, <laughs> wait for the police. You can do that with the, with the boy uh, BYM. Uh. We got a video on it on my on my channel. Scott Schaefer, thanks for the super chat. Says, what kind of re uh, return versus newer uh, viewer ratio is best? So this is going to vary depending on you know everybody's type of content. But the idea is that you want to have a nice, healthy balance because you want people coming back to the channel on a regular basis. That is where you know you can nurture your community, and that's where you can grow super fans. But you also want um, to be pushing into new viewership as well because that's actually what grows the channel. So you know you definitely want people coming back. But if you want to you know keep increasing subscribers at a high rate and things like that the more new people that you push into that's more new people that can you know subscribe to the channel so because of that you want to have a you want to have a healthy balance between the two but in terms of like an ideal you know ratio i would say there isn't one it's just that you know you need to make sure that you are serving the people that are already there so that they'll keep coming back right and then um, you also need to make sure that you are pushing into new viewers as well because that's how that's how everything grows so Chantal brings up a great point about the microphone. So the, uh, the Boya BYM1 is a solid, inexpensive mic, but remember to buy the correct adapter for your phone. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Go to my channel, watch the videos. Mm -hmm. I talk about all the adapters that you need. You're going to need the microphone, and depending on the type of phone you have, you might need to buy a little inexpensive adapter to plug mm -hmm. that into, and then it goes into your phone. What is that, a TRS to TRRS yeah, connector right. or something like right. that? It depends on the phone. Or in reverse. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So T, yeah, TRS to TRRS. I got all that or stuff. Or to Lightning if you have an older iPhone, right, maybe yeah, to USB C. Yeah. If you I don't know what phone one. you have, but yeah. I probably got videos on it. So um, Steve Long Music, uh, thanks for the super chat. Says um, thanks for your super content. Chat. It's helped me greatly. I have a music channel which includes podcasts on rock history. Oh, that's love cool. It. Love it. Um, how do you handle sensitive info um, within YouTube community requirements? Yeah. So. Um, in terms of that kind of stuff, I try to avoid it. As you can see, I didn't even say the words that you mentioned, you know, right there. So uh, one thing- That's kind of unfortunate that you can't. It, uh, you can. You I can, know, but, but I just don't. Yeah, yeah right? But like, uh, yeah, you, you, you can say those, those things, but um, uh, the only thing that works against you there is that based on the things that you say or, you know, topically with the content, um, like, let's say, for example, your entire title is that um, in terms of, you know, like that is in your title. YouTube then, will put warnings up underneath your Well, there's that, but channel, also um, uh, advertisers, they, a lot of advertisers don't want to run ads next to that type of content. So even though you might still do good on YouTube, you might not make, you know, money. Like that content might be, uh, you know, demonetized or it might be, uh, you know, just ineligible for advertising. So because of that, just keep in mind that there's that. What some content creators do to get around some of that is, um, and I'm not telling you to like, you know, how to circumvent anything or anything like that, but they basically will just modify words, right? So just like the, the swearing thing, like at the beginning um, of videos, you don't want to swear too heavily in the beginning of your videos because that can also cause ads how to be limited. How many seconds is it now? So because of that, um, you know, a lot of content, I think it's 15 or 30, I believe. Something like that. Yeah, but basically um, uh, what you want to do is, or what some creators do is they either just go silent for those words um, or they'll use like different, you know, just fun creative sound effects or whatever, um, you know, like a donkey sound or maybe like a hyena laughing or like whatever the thing is, but basically just trying to find other ways to frame it. But the unfortunate thing for that, for what it is that you're doing, if you're talking about that particular subject is um, you might not necessarily want to hide it because you're trying to 
help people out. You're trying to prevent that sort of thing from happening. So because of that, you know, you have to kind of balance it out and be like, well, I'm going to take the hit on ads for this. So let me see if I can find people to sponsor my podcast or let me see if there's other things that I can promote during my podcast that maybe I could bring attention to as an affiliate or something like that in order to make up for um, any of the ad revenue that you would lose from, you know, talking about sensitive subjects like that. Good answer. So, so, well. so uh, really quick, we also have, um, you know, information here uh, from Renee Ritchie, who is YouTube's creator liaison. And thanks for coming on this because this is a, you know, a very sensitive, uh, you know, subject. But he says, look very carefully at the guidelines around EDSA, um, education, documentary, science, and arts. Understand YouTube's audience is 13 plus and some topics may not be appropriate for non-adults. So, you know, just some feedback there, um, you know, from from uh, somebody that works at, you know, YouTube as the liaison between, you know, YouTube and uh, and creators. Did you almost call it? So Luke thanks Tube? for that. I did. You almost yeah, call it I don't know why. Yeah. yeah, that just like came out. Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, it's kind of, that was a weird thing. Yeah. yeah. Love it. So uh, uh, Jasori Arts, um, thanks for the super chat also says, um, how can creators successfully super introduce trash. slash change topics on their channel temporarily? Is it trust from the audience? Apologies for multiple questions. Oh, your questions are fine. So uh, when it comes to changing topics temporarily, I wouldn't necessarily do that unless the topics that you are changing into are still a good fit for the people that you're trying to reach. So when you're on YouTube or really any platform, what's helpful to think about is if I am gonna be publishing content to this channel, let me make sure that I'm considering the people that I'm reaching with this content and let me be intentional about who it is that I'm reaching with this content so that I can make sure that if I'm going to talk about something that is different or I'm going to share something that's different or if I'm going to entertain in a different way or I'm going to, you know, share whatever, you know, different type of content to make sure it's still targeted towards that same group of people so that they can still, you know, appreciate it and respond well to it. So an example that I like to give for this is, Let's say um, on my channel, if I wanted to do vlog content, like vlog style content, which I've actually done in the past, then in that particular case, what I would do is I wouldn't do vlogs about my life because even though there might be like a core, you know, group of people that would be like, hey, this is interesting, you know, for the novelty of it, you know, when I first started publishing, um, the value from my YouTube channel is that the information here helps content creators, you know, navigate this journey of content creation. So because of that, if I was going to do a vlog style video on my channel, I would do it based around, you know, something related to YouTube. So maybe it would be, you know, my trip to a conference, or maybe it would be talking to other creators at a conference about, you know, their tips for, you know, people that are starting out on YouTube. Um, maybe it would be just me shooting a vlog style video, but still just sharing the same type of information that I share normally, right? So it's just kind of repackaging, you know, the, the same idea in a different format. So there's those types of things. But the big, the, the idea I'm trying to express is it's really helpful long term if you're like, okay, um, this is the type of content that I want to make and I'm making it for these, you know, types of viewers. So before I commit to making a video for this particular channel, I'm going to make sure that it is something that will add some type of value to these particular types of viewers. And then when you do that, what you do is you start turning your channel into a resource for, uh, not for content creators, you start turning your channel into a resource for, uh, uh, for those particular types of viewers on YouTube. So they know that if they want, you know, this certain type of content that they can come to you for that. So that's the, that's the thing that you want to think about. Weird. I just tried to drop a link into the chat and, mm -hmm. uh, says I couldn't. An oh, error occurred on YouTube. Oh, hmm. 
Hmm. Dream Builder, I was trying to share a link. Maybe if one of the mods want to get that video that's got the blue thumbnail, how to connect a microphone to a smartphone. Home Rapid Repair, welcome to the Nimenati. Um, make sure when you get the chance, go to nimenvip.com. It's going to redirect you to our members-only Facebook group. Um, uh, also, we have a Discord. Uh, once you are, if you're a Discord user, um, Chantel dropped a link here earlier in the chat. Thanks for doing that, Chantel. I super appreciate it. But um, uh, but also, if you join that Discord, we have the general public Discord, um, and then we have the 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 member side of that as well. So just make sure that uh, when you go into that, if that's something you're interested in, that you uh, one go into Facebook before the stream is over, and then I can get you in there after the stream. And then for Discord, just make sure that you go in there um, as well. I didn't play the song, so we got to play the song really quick. Welcome to the Niminati. Got another super chat. Boom. Super chat. So um, DIY George says, um, hey, Nick, what's your opinion on education channels, content showing up on browse and having zero views on new videos? Do you think people will still click? So in order for a video to get 100 views, it has to first start at zero views, right? So absolutely people will click. So I won't say absolutely people will click. That, that, that was a bad thing to say. So if you are publishing your videos to YouTube, if you have you know zero views on a brand new channel, if you publish content, YouTube is going to show that content to people on the platform. You can see this or prove this by going into your YouTube analytics and what you wanna look for is impressions. An impression on YouTube is when YouTube shows your content to somebody on the platform for more than a second. So for every impression you get, that is proof that YouTube is showing your content to somebody somewhere on the platform. So from there, if YouTube is showing your content to somebody on the platform, but you're not getting views, like if you're getting zero, then that means that you have to work on the packaging because you know, like if, some, if people are clicking and coming in, then you're gonna register views there, right? But if they click and you're getting views, but then the videos don't get very far, then that means either one, people aren't clicking you know, at a high enough rate, or once they get into the video, it's just not a very competitive experience or not a very satisfactory experience as it relates to all of the other content that you're competing with. So because of that, it's really important to um, to make sure that you are looking at impressions and saying, okay, YouTube show my content to people. Are people clicking on it? Yes or no. If I don't have any views, that means no. So the next thing that I need to do, if I'm not getting any views is I need to start thinking about why. So is it your title or is it your thumbnail or is it the topic of your video? Because all of those things matter when it comes to your click through rate um, or people deciding to click on your video. So then if you are not getting any views at all, what I encourage you to do is kind of step back, right? Because you made it. You know what's in the video. Literally take a step yeah, back. Yeah, literally take a step back. And uh, uh, gross, man. Uh, you, know, you, know the, you know the content of the video. So you are already biased in terms of the packaging from the outside because you already know what's inside. So what you have to make sure that you're thinking about is, okay, I'm going to take a step back. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look at my thumbnail and title combination, and I'm going to look at my thumbnail, and I'm going to ask myself this question or these questions. We don't negotiate with terrorists. One, is this, this is going to be great when it comes out as a clip, right? So, so one, is the way that, I, is, are the things that I've, that I've used in my thumbnail, um, do those things help identify to the potential viewers that I'm trying to reach that this is about something that they might care about? Two, what about this thumbnail is the primary thing that I'm wanting people to focus on that will help them identify that it's something that they're caring about? Three, 
is there anything in this thumbnail that's distracting from those things that's going to help people identify that this content is about something that they care about, right? And then of course, act accordingly based on you know the answers to those questions. When it goes to the title, same exact thing. What about this title will help people be informed about what this video is about. What about this title will compel someone to click on this based on the things that they care about and run through those exercises. And then if you can't come up with answers for those, keep working on it until you can. Because the whole idea when it comes to the packaging of your videos is you use your thumbnails to grab people's attention so that they will either one, click straight through on your thumbnail or to where they'll go down and read the title or to where they'll just pause on it and they'll look at the autoplay so they can get a little bit of a preview of what's going on in the video. So you have to make sure that you're doing that and that you're making all of that in a way that again, helps the people that you are trying to reach identify that the content is about something that they might care about. So hopefully that helps. Um, DIY George says, I mean, as trustworthy as zero views versus Super videos trash. with a hundred thousand views. So the thing is, again, you know, those 100,000 video, uh, or those 100,000 view videos, they all started at zero as well. So the likelihood of you sitting your video, sitting in a mobile feed right next to another video of the same exact topic with you having zero views and that video having 100,000 views, um, that's gonna be very unlikely. So because of that, I think that um, that you're kind of getting caught in the weeds here with, with that. But, you know, theoretically, if you were to see a video with, you know, zero views on it, maybe you would or you wouldn't give that video a chance because nobody has responded to that video yet. And if you see a video with 100,000 views on it, then you know, like, hey, some people, you know, this is interesting to people, I guess it's got a lot of views on it, it must be good. So then you might click on that particular video. So there is that. But in terms of, you know, will somebody trust your content if you have zero views on it? Absolutely, they will. If that content is something that they are interested in, and if that content brings value to them in some way. Um, let's see here. So next up on the list, Trish does stuff. What's going on? Hope you're doing great. Welcome to the stream today. Brian T. Johnson back in the house. And hey, really quick, since Brian is in here. Um, so a couple things, actually. So we got Brian G. Johnson in here. Brian G., um, he also makes content um, that helps content creators. So if you're not subscribed to Brian, make sure that you go subscribe to his channel right now. Um, in addition to that, we have... Um, YouTube's creator liaison, Renee Ritchie in here as well, um, that came in and helped us out on the sensitive you know, um, topic question earlier. Um, go subscribe to his channel as well because they also share you know, creator-focused content on his channel um, to where you know, you're, you'll also learn a lot over there about you know, nuances of YouTube. So you know, make sure you subscribe to both of those channels because as content creators, you, know, you, you should be subscribed to those channels so that they will get recommended to you as long as you, you know, interact with them. Um, and so that you can, you know, make sure that you're staying up on stuff from, you know, from everybody and everybody has different teaching styles and, you know, everybody shares a little bit different information and stuff like that. And it just makes sure that it helps keep you up to speed with everything, you know, with everything that's going on. Okay. So next up on the list. Shh. Oh, <laughs> that's new. It didn't do that. Before. Uh, yeah. The squeak. <laughs> gonna have to grease that puppy. Yeah. Yeah. Gonna have to grease it. Need to get some oil in here. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't think mine does that. That's new. It just started doing. Oh, that. mine does too. I wonder if the cold season's like drying it out. I bet it is. Yeah, I bet it is. That's interesting. Wow. Yeah, mine's more of like a knock. Yours is like a click. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, interesting. Well, yeah, we're easily uh, amused. Yeah. Well, I moved it. And it was like, <laughs> we're like, we're like ball. Yeah. yeah like, huh? we're like, oh yeah, we're live streaming. Yeah. Well, let's let's stay focused. <laughs> yeah. A stream wouldn't be. Listen, if you want somebody serious, 
I don't watch this stream. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're we're definitely not <laughs> serious. We're 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 real. relaxed. Yeah, we're keeping relaxed. Keeping it real. Yep, keeping it real. The casual Nimmin yep. stream. I feel like Tom, uh, uh, old Tom over on uh, the Creator Insiders channel. Keeping right? it real. Yeah, yeah, keeping it real. I miss Tom. So I, I miss Tom too. What happened to Tom? Yeah, yeah, he moved on. Yeah, he moved on. Did he die? No, 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 oh. no. Yeah, like he still has a Twitter. <laughs> no, like wow, it, yeah, you terrible. can you can still follow him on Twitter. Oh. Um, yeah, he's just into different stuff. Oh. Boy, you scared me for a second. Yep. Okay. Wow. So uh, next up, we got Super Fast Tortoise. Super Fast Tortoise. Um, they have a gaming channel. The goal of the channel is to grow an interactive community, starting with my daily lives, my gaming days, and live Commander game nights. The question is, when is the what is the best advice for giving a person who is always trying to improve their live content? You can only give one piece of advice: keep practicing. That's yeah, it. Man. Yeah, if you're trying to improve, the best way to improve is keep just doing keep, it. keep practicing. Keep doing it. Yep. Repetition, man. Repetition. That's, yep. That's how you get better at everything. Mm -hmm. Absolutely everything. Yep. Yeah, he says, uh, Renee says uh, he's still at Google. Oh, um, yeah, okay. And he says cool. the Creator Insiders channel still says that. Um, yeah, it just hits a little different with Tom. Oh, <laughs> Tom was great. I mean, no shade towards the other people. Yeah. But Tom just had something. He was Tom. Yeah. One of the OGs. Yeah, yeah, that's probably what it is, yeah. right? Is that yeah. yeah, yeah. So next up, we've got um, Axel live. Thanks for the super chat. Says sixty thousand impression, two point uh, eight thousand views, three hundred forty uh, three hour past month. Your analysis. You're 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 going along. Yeah, you're you're doing you're doing fine. Like uh, you know, if, if you are if you are trying to grow your channel and you are making any positive gains at all, then mark it as a win. Uh, if you start heading in the wrong direction, then if that, you know, if you're like, Hey, I'm trying to, you know, get more subscribers or everything is then in that particular case, then you got to get to work on trying to figure out, you know, how to do that. But as long as you are, you know, moving in the direction that you want to go, it's a win, um, regardless of what the numbers currently look like, because you're heading in the direction of where it is that you want to go. And YouTube is a long game. So uh, let's see here. So next up, oh man, yeah, Connor doing the the profanity stuff was yeah, that was great. Yeah, I considered making a short about that and like looping it and making like a song around it and like the whole thing, like putting a beat behind it and everything. But I was like, yeah, if this if I publish this, then you know it might be uh, you know kind of like a negative thing too that might end up you know causing some problems. You know, so I was like, yeah, I probably uh, don't want to do that. But I seriously considered doing that because it was so epic. So uh, next up, we've got. Uh, did you see that video, D, of Connor over on the Creator Insiders channel where he had to, uh, where he was basically saying all of the words for the um, ad-friendly guidelines? Oh, so good. So next up, we've got uh, uh, Heat Wool Clan. Heat Wool Clan, they do fam a family gaming channel. The goal of the channel is to bring moments of joy to people and encourage our community to spend more time having fun with their friends and family. Uh, the question is, we are a shorts channel where we play quick games, but we are stuck when thinking of ways to expand into long form content. What steps would we take to generate ideas? So first is if you have shorts that have performed well, just you know, on a particular game, for example. So if you play different games and then you have uh, your uh, shorts to where you're like, hey, people really responded well to this particular game, then I would start you know, playing games on that. So when it comes to gaming, Content, you have a bunch of different approaches that you can take. Some people will make game guides. Some people will just play the games um, as Let's Plays. Some people will just publish game highlights, that sort of thing. So if they do something really cool or amazing or just kind of out of the ordinary, then they'll publish those. Some people will just do, uh, they'll just play through the game um, and they will 
publish that, but they'll do it in a way to where, you know, they're really engaging with, you know, the camera and all of that. Um, and they have, you know, really entertaining personalities, that whole thing. Um, some people just be silent and play the game. I wouldn't recommend taking that route, but some people do that. Um, that can work if you're really good at the game because then people can just watch you do your thing. Um, but, you know, you have a lot of different options. So the first thing I would do is I would just pick like, okay, what is it that we do want to give? Because, you know, we're enjoying making these shorts. Um, you know, we're getting some activity from these shorts, but now we want to start doing live uh, or not live stream, but long form content. So if we're going to do long form content, you know, what is it that we would like to do on the channel? What type of value would we like to provide to our viewers? Uh, do we want to do, you know, entertainment through the games or do we want to teach people stuff through the games um, and just trying to, you know, come up with something, you know, fun and unique that you can do there. Um, let's see here. Oregon Trees Gaming. What's going on? Hope you're doing great. Welcome to the stream. Hybrid Steel. What's going on, man? Hope you are doing awesome. Nice to see you in here too. John Byerly Art Studios. Um, they've been on YouTube for one year or more. The type of channel that they have is a multimedium art journey, full length tutorials and projects. The goal of the channel is to grow the artistic round circle and to help others engage in different formats of art through inspiring projects and easy to follow full length tutorials. Kind of felt like I was reading an ad there. <laughs> the question is, um, I build many projects of different um, art mediums and methods. I've been organizing all of my different art forms into easy to follow playlists, which are listed as soon as you visit my channel homepage. Some projects run a good five to 20 videos long and sometimes full or time-lapse long form content. Depending on the content covered, some videos can be five minutes or one hour plus. Do you think that putting them into individual project playlists is best or leave them free on the channel and link to the next at the end of the previous part one, two, three, um, et cetera, which I already do. I want projects in their entirety to be easy to find, but the playlist list is growing long. Thanks. I would definitely put each project into a playlist. Uh, and the reason for that is because if you are doing DIY things, people will, they'll, they'll find it, you know, at different parts of the process, especially if you're putting out that much content around each project, they'll find it at different parts in the process. So you want to make it easy, which you mentioned here, you want to make it easy for people to, uh, to find the rest of the videos. So even though the playlist is getting long, I would still link to that playlist. I would still, you know, add those videos to that playlist for the sake of, you know, making it easy for people to go in and find what it is that they, you know, find the area of the project that they want to know. And then the bonus of that, if they want to see it from start to finish is that they can start at the very beginning and then they can follow it, you know, all the through all, uh, all the way through that way. Next on the list here, we've got suburban acreage. They upload, uh, see here one time per week or more. The goal of the channel is to build a community, have fun doing it while making some money. And the question is, I love your monetization streams and I'm looking forward to you bringing them back. One of your most common, uh, recommend, uh, most common recommendations was downloadable PDFs that can be sold as guides or checklists. Can you quickly run through how to actually build that? Can you explain it as though I'm really bad with computers because I am thanks and congrats, uh, thanks and congratulations on 900 K. Thank you. Um, so when it comes to that process, so you can use um, Google Docs for this, which is free. So basically what you would do is you would put together whatever information it is that you would put together. So you would do it just like you were writing something um, in a Word document and you would either, uh, you know, if it was just a checklist, then you would have those in there. If it was a guide of some kind, then you would put all the information for that guide in there. You would type it all out. Um, you would format it correctly. Maybe you would even add, you know, images if you needed to based on, you know, what it was that you were doing, if that was necessary. And then once you have all of those 
those things into the document itself, then all you have to do is go and um, go to the export settings and then export it as a PDF. And then once you export it as a PDF, then you have the product itself. Then once you have the product, then you can upload it into services like Send Owl, for example. That's what I use for my Pad Planet uh, video planner. Uh, but you just load it up into there. Um, you can load it up as a zip file. And then you need a way that people can buy it. So you could also do this through like Shopify or something like that. But when you are loading it into either Shopify um, or Sendow, with Shopify, you will have like a website that you can put it on. With Sendow, you just have the actual system there. And then if people go and they purchase something, then in that particular case, then it would, uh, you know, they just get that direct download sent to their email. So you have to decide on the system that you want. But if you do Shopify, then you can actually build a web, you know, if you don't know much about computers, then in that particular case, they have templates. Uh, they even have a default template that you can use to where you just give some information about the, the product that you have. And then they also have it to where you can set up the payment. So you can set it up with PayPal if you're a PayPal user, um, or you can create a PayPal account for it. Um, you can also set up Stripe and you know other different payment options through there. When it comes to SendOut, um, with them, I think you can do PayPal and I think Stripe, and I think it ends there in terms of their options. But uh, but you know either one of those you know would help get you sorted in terms of the delivery. So again, when it comes to SendOut. Um, with that particular thing, let me look at uh, Pad Planet because it's been a while since I actually set that one up. So if I'm at Pad Planet here and I click on Download Now, then it takes me right into the transaction page. Yeah, so basically um, how that would work then, because I built the website on the front end for this uh, using WordPress. And you can see the example here if you just go to padplanet.com. So, um, uh, and by the way, if you are somebody that has a previous version of this and you want to update, I'm getting ready to publish the new version here this coming week. Um, if you are somebody that purchased this uh, during the Black Friday promotion, you'll be getting an email uh, this coming week as well um, to download the new version of this. But um, but basically, if you go to padplanet.com, then the website that you see on the front end, that was all built in WordPress. And then I used Send Owl, and then all I did was connected the button as a link I connected that to the transaction page here, and then all of the payment info and all that stuff happens inside of SendAL. And then as soon as somebody pays here and they hit complete order, then SendAL is going to send an email to you know anybody that you know has it or anybody that signs up for your thing, and uh, and then they can download everything that they need directly out of that email. So that's the process. Um, next up on the list, we've got Jill Valentine. What's going on, Jill? Hope you're doing great. They do gaming content to go to the channels to teach people how to play games. The question is, thank you for the tips. Uh, the reason why I'm going to college is so I can major in filming and editing my videos. Um, what games are people into these days? Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, like um, in terms of, you know, the games that people are into, um, I know I know uh, for me personally, um, I'm wanting to check out uh, Cyberpunk because I haven't. Um, I play Fortnite. I play C uh, Call of Duty every now and then. Um, I play the old Spider-Man. Um, Suburban Acreage, my pleasure. Glad that uh, glad that was helpful uh, for you. Um, when I start doing the monetization streams again, um, one of the things I'm considering there is actually walking people through, you know, some of these processes also because, you know, there's the review side and then there's the like, okay, like in your case, Suburban Acreage, like how do you actually do it? Um, so I'm, I'm considering, you know, doing some of that um, in those also. But, um, but basically back on the game thing here, um, in terms of, you know, what people at scale are into, um, it probably is just going to come down if you are intentionally 
making videos for you know certain people it's going to come down to you know what those people are into you know demographically the types of games they like to play stuff like that so i'm not really sure um you know uh and it looks like you know neil urban van life is playing PUBG. if you play games of any kind if you play them casually or for your youtube channel just drop in here uh just drop in the into chat the games that you're playing and then we can kind of crowdsource this one on you know just giving some information at least for us you know the the uh the games that we're playing uh, next up on our list here, we've got uh, Keep Pressing, Keep Praising, and they do bi-weekly content. The type of channel is gospel music. The goal of the channel is to share uplifting gospel music to encourage others in their walk with God. And the question is, what tools or apps do you use that enable split screens? It's a great question. So when it comes to um, split screens, in terms of video, usually people will do that in the editing process. Um, when it comes to split screens for like screen sharing and things like that, um, then in that particular case, that's where you know you'll see me using StreamYard. To where when I'm using that, it'll put me like over in a corner, or I can do a custom layout if I want, to where I'm half of the screen and then the screen is the other half. A lot of different options there um, in terms of the layout um, option. But a lot of people, if you're doing it on the video side, they'll just do it in the editing software to where they'll you know edit. They'll have like one camera here, and then they'll have like their screen recording and then they'll just kind of merge them together when they are uh when they're in the video editing process so let's see here i'm going to jump into the games here really quick see what see what people are playing um so we see our neil's on uh PUBG. we've got uh minecraft for doug oh i didn't know you were into minecraft doug that's that's good to know um let's see here not the games that require a console says uh, tiffany we got fortnite um we've got uh squad not sure what that uh not sure what that is but hey man i play uh, i play fortnite too um a lot of rpg mmo and survival games a lot of chess okay we got some real world stuff going on there what's going on jesse hope you're doing awesome man uh let's see here we just got a starlink so i can play PUBG on the road that's cool uh yeah okay nice yeah some more fortnite some destiny 2. okay nice nice okay good stuff so uh let's see here so next up we've got her heel review they do movie review and TV recap content. The question is, why does it seem like a lot of monotone speakers get a lot of views? My voice is fairly high and feminine. What do you recommend I use to deepen it for voiceover essays? So when, if you're trying to deepen your voice, you'll have to do that. I mean, you should do that while you're actually communicating it because you can EQ your voice to where you can add more bass to it or something like that, but it's still not going to make it deeper. I guess technically you might be able to pitch shift it down or something like that. There's probably an AI tool now that will, that will do that for you. Um, but you know, just, just lowering your, you know, tone would probably be the way to do that. But in terms of, you know, monotone speakers, like, you know, some people respond well to that. Other people respond to way over the top sensational, you know, super high energetic creators, different audiences respond to different things and that's one of the amazing things about youtube is that there's a place for everybody so you know if you're a monotone speaker then in that particular case as long as you can do can be monotone but do still communicate in an engaging way then in that and, and by engaging i don't mean fluctuating your voice all over the place i just mean that you you know you're telling good stories and you're able to you know communicate clearly and share your ideas clearly and all that if you can do that but it's monotone that's fine. You know, it, uh, people can respond to it. But then you have the other side to where people are like, oh, that's totally boring. I can't watch any of that. Um, and those, you know, people will, you know, gravitate towards people that are, you know, maybe, uh, you know, they fluctuate their voices a lot more and, and that sort of thing. Um, let's see here. So next up, we've got 
Yeah, Nikki. <laughs> oh, love it. So uh, next up we have the channel is target audience. And then we have the type of channels, TV, movie, reaction, and anal analysis with uh, focus on Star Trek. The goal of the channel is to make YouTube my full-time career. And the question is, would posting two separate videos at the same time hurt the long-term performance of the videos? I'm considering posting a reaction video and a full review video about what we watch at the same time to attract people interested in either type of content. I wouldn't do that. And the reason that I wouldn't do that is because at the time of publish, long term, you'll be fine. Um, because, you know, what happens at the time of publish doesn't always reflect or necessarily reflect the long term performance of a video. Um, however, I wouldn't publish two videos at the same time because what does happen is let's say that I am heavily engaged in your content. And let's say you've got a thousand people like me that are heavily engaged in your content. We love what it is that you do. When you publish, that video, YouTube is going to recommend one of those videos to me. They, they'll probably recommend me the other one as well, but they're going to have to prioritize one of them, which means that the other one is not going to end up being that priority, which means that you could hurt the initial performance on that if that's important to you. Um, so because of that, I would, you know, I would stagger them so that you can be like, hey, you know, today I'm publishing this or early in the morning, I'm going to publish this and then late at night, I'm going to publish this or Monday, I'm going to publish this Tuesday, I'm going to publish this, something like that. I would give them just a little bit of breathing room um, so that you are not stepping on each other when it comes to content being prioritized for the people that are highly engaged in what it is that you're doing. Amazing Yacht Destination, thank you for the super sticker. I appreciate it. Thank you. These away at the moment, so we uh, can't trigger the uh, sound effect there. So uh, next up, we've got uh, Redhead Ideas. The type of channel is home and garden DIY decorations and cleaning tips. The goal of the channel is to share and exchange ideas and inspirations. It used to be just for fun and a hobby. However, I've now found myself out of work, and I thought that it would be cool to take it to the next level and generate some income. Love it. Question. My channel is very small and so far I've been making, I've been making my videos in Polish, my native language. However, with my new goal, I would like to switch to English. I live in England. So my question is, can I just change the language or should I start a new channel? If you already have, uh, if you already have content on your channel that is in Polish, I would, I would start a new channel in English. Um, and the reason for that is because, you know, you have people there that are interacting with that and the system has detected that, you know, those are the type of people that are interacting with that. Therefore, um, because of that, I would definitely start a new channel with the new language. And here's something really cool I want to tell you guys about. So, um, I think it's called, yeah, I think this is it. Let me confirm. Nope, that's not it. So um, I had the opportunity, and I just want to—I just want to tell you guys how cool this is. So you know how YouTube is rolling out the uh, translations. So basically, you have an option now. Um, some of you have the option now. I'm not sure if it's rolled out to everybody yet or not. But basically, as if you go into your subtitles area in your YouTube channel for each individual video, you have the option there to where you can translate. Uh, you know your subtitles. So they also have an option in there where you can uh, uh, where you can add audio tracks. So the cool thing here is that you can um, you know for the channels that have it currently, you can start adding dubbed content. So 
in the very near future, because um, I was on a call with a company that is doing this. Um, they're actually working with uh, you know Google on this and some other uh, projects when it comes to you know like audio translation. But basically, uh, in the very near future, we are going to be able to upload audio tracks, and this is something we talked about in the news, you know, um, a while back. But um, like we're there now. And um, in the very near future, if you do speak another language and you watch my content, um, I'm going to start having uh, audio translation or audio dubs for my content to where you are going to be able to start hearing it um, in your native language, which is really uh, cool That's and exciting. Be crazy to look at you, mm -hmm. because, right? Yeah. Because I've just heard, well, I've just heard like verbal diarrhea coming out of your mouth yeah. for, a, for for your entire lifetime, for yeah. or for my entire lifetime, because you had a few years of peace. Right. Yeah. yeah. I had a couple years of peace. Otherwise, yeah. it's just wah 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 yeah. wah wah yeah, wah. Like Charlie Brown. Right. Yeah. But to hear you just in a whole other language, to hear your voice, mm -hmm. but hear you speaking other languages mm -hmm. is going to do me in. Yep. Yeah. See, so, so D's going to be visiting Mexico soon and he thinks that he's getting away, but I'm one, <laughs> one of my audio tracks is going to be in Spanish. So if he, if he accesses from Mexico, his channel, his, his, his account is set to English, so he probably won't get it, but maybe I'll just send him random Spanish clips just so he can be annoyed by me in uh, Spanish as well. You can make videos and do that and just, and like record like just voice, send them to you and just send me like yeah. voice messages on like. Yeah. My message or something. I'm like, holy cow. <laughs> right. And you're nailing the Spanish. Right. Man. <laughs> I'll be like, yeah, you know, I've been working on it. Yeah. 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 Working yeah. on some Russian. Yeah. yeah. But, 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 the, but, the, but the idea, though, is that this, this is, you know, this is becoming available for yeah. all of this. And the amazing thing about this is that, you know, right now, if you are an English speaker, you know, I'm assuming that, you know, it's at least an English, you under, an, a language you understand, which is why you're watching this. But um, as, an, uh, as an English speaker, like, we are getting ready to open up our content to people that don't speak English. And we are getting ready to be able to access content of other people that don't speak English when they start using the auto dubs. So the future for, you know, being a content creator as it relates to, you know, the translation is really cool. And another thing you mentioned also is that they also have the same technology for video calls. So it's not just YouTube. So basically you invite this uh, translator bot into your video call. So basically it would just be like a participant in your video call. And then you can talk to somebody in your native language and then their system will automatically translate it into the language during the video call of the person that you're having the conversation with. Absolutely incredible technology. It just blows me away. That blows so, me away. So we could do that video call. Yeah. So you could speak to me in Spanish and I could speak back in like, I don't know, Portuguese, Portuguese, French, Russian, yeah. yep, Russian, mm -hmm. absolutely. Japanese. I'll speak yep. back in Japanese. Yep. But yeah, it's really cool. <laughs> really cool. Especially yeah, like, I, th I, I think this is going to be a really big advantage for people that do travel content. Um, I mean, for everybody that does everything. It's going to be an advantage, but I think like travel content is going to be great because let's say that you go to uh, India and you make a travel blog in India. Well, in that particular case, even though they have tons of different, you know, languages in India, let's say that you, you know, have Hindi that you put in there, then, you know, the people that are there are going to be able to have a better connection with the experience that you had in their own native tongue. That's, that's, it's incredible. Absolutely love it. There, there was a time when people would just learn other languages. Yeah. Right. But, but that's not even needed anymore. There was a time when people would do math with like a pen and a pencil or a pencil man, and a piece of paper. Man. You know what's so, right? Yeah. yeah. I'm I'm dead in the water without a calculator now. Yeah, me too. Right, like yeah. Now you know what I would do. It, right, yeah. It's yeah. Just, cut legit, off my fingers and, like and, legit, and take like, away a calculator. Right? Like, I'm done. Like, like, <laughs> time, 
tie me up to a chair, <laughs> tie me up to a chair, and like uh, you know, force me to answer like you know, I don't know, just fifth grade math questions. <laughs> and if I couldn't access my calculator, I would lose. Yeah, they'd rip it off my fingernails or something like that. Oh man, it's been a long time. Yeah, so Renee mentioned, he says, multi-language audio hasn't rolled out very far yet because it's non-trivial for most creators to translate enough of their catalog for it to be effective. As AI tools get better, we'll roll it out more. Yeah, and what, one of the things that he was talking about is he said that the creators that they're working with so far, um, he said it's just like, you know, the other parts of YouTube where you have to kind of build up that audience. So he said, you know, he's like, uh, you know, when you start using this, he said that, um, you know, he said, don't expect you to start using it. And then all of a sudden your videos are like, hey, everything's on, you know, great now. He said, you know, that, you know, from their experience, working with other creators that are doing the same thing. Um, he basically, he said that, uh, you know, it, it takes time to build that audience up, just like if you were starting like a new content pillar or something like that. So uh, really interesting stuff. I, I just think it's a, it's mind blowing well, that this stuff is even available in the first place. Like it's, here's how blow, okay, it's great. Here's, here's the it. exciting part. Like that's rolling Looking out. Looking forward to the future. That's yeah. rolling out. Mm -hmm. And we know we, we, if you're following anything with AI, you know how fast all of this stuff is moving. Mm -hmm. it, it, it's incredible. Like yeah. as soon as you wrap your head about one, news release like three days later there's something else yeah it's, like, I, I just it's can't way it. better it's yeah. way better yeah. right like remember what we told you last week yeah yeah, yeah. it's pretty much stone age now. <laughs> right. now we got this stuff yep cavemen but, cavemen were making ai videos with that yeah right. but, but the amazing thing is this like this is going to a point like right now there's going to be a delay right you have the video calls mm -hmm. and you say something it's going to translate it's going to send it back mm -hmm. a year two years before it's real time right Right, like, like, like we're going to get to that speed really quick mm -hmm. at, at the rate that things are moving to where that stuff's going to happen in real time. Yeah. That's going to be nuts. It is. I'm excited for that. Yeah, it's going to be crazy. Yeah. Imagine people could participate in this live stream right now from Japan, and it's like just talking to them and in Japanese. And we're just speaking Japanese. Yeah. Right. Right. Wow, that'd be crazy. Yeah, it's going to be nuts. Yeah. Look, 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 so look, awesome. Yeah. And, and the, the thing that I think is the, the, the coolest about it is, one, you know, we're going to be able to, to reach more people. We're we'll able to speak Japanese. And we're going to be able to speak, you know, different languages, but, um, you know, it's also going to open us up to other content too, you know, like, you know, like watching, uh, you know, like, uh, Japanese entertainment might be, you know, a pretty cool, you know, experience. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so, or, uh, or you know, whatever, or, or yeah. whatever, you know, from, from somebody, all these different countries, somebody's working on, and it might even be out. Somebody, I don't know if it's a glasses or it's a little thing that you wear where you it's kind of similar yeah, yeah. So you it's, can it's that little thing that they uh yeah, yeah they kind of tap yeah, on you just speak into it and it like speaks the language and then they have a device at the life store they have it built into google but it's kind of wonky a little bit but and, and they have a device at the life store at uh central right now mm -hmm. where uh chris from retired working for you mm -hmm. i can't remember if he did an ad on his channel for it or if i just ran across an ad that he was in that he put on facebook or that they use for 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 facebook um but basically it's like a box it's uh it's i'd say it's about half the size of a phone Mm -hmm. and it'll translate into like a bunch of different languages now to where it's basically that and it works as a translator so you say it it just does it and then translates it back and it's super fast so it's not like translate it wait for it to, or say it wait for it to do it and then it does it it's like you say it and then it does it Almost, and it yeah. just starts sending it over yeah it's it, it's pretty amazing yeah back in back in the day we used to travel with we used maps. to have to talk to people we, yeah. we used to have to learn languages and, and travel <laughs> with maps wow 
So Stephen V. Tran says, hey, Nick, what can a creator change about video slash videos if it gets more views than it does subscribers? So um, that's that's normal. So on YouTube, you know, you are usually going to get more views, views than subscribers anyway, because not everybody that's going to interact with the content is going to, you know, want to subscribe to the channel. Um, it'd be great, you know, if they did. But uh, when it comes to that, things that you can do to kind of tweak that a little or to increase the uh, rate that people are subscribing is first literally invite them to subscribe because that's effective. Um, two, when you invite them to subscribe, make sure that you, um, or to make it a little bit more effective, um, before you invite them to subscribe, quickly tell them exactly why they should subscribe in terms of the value they are going to get from your content. Um, and then those two things um, will, you know, will help increase the rate that people are subscribing to your channel. Another thing that I recommend is try not to make it too much of an interruptive experience if you can avoid it and try to find like a comfortable place in your content to put it to where maybe, you know, something else is happening or you're waiting for something to load somewhere. You're doing a transition from this scene to this scene, whatever. And you just jump in there and you're like, oh, hey, by the way, you know, uh, you know, uh, you know, I put out, you know, content like this every, you know, Monday or X, you know, times a week, whatever. So, uh, so make sure you remember to subscribe and, uh, by just getting it in there in a non-interruptive way, then the people that are weird about that sort of thing, they're not going to feel weird about it. And, uh, and then the people that are just enjoying the content, not thinking about subscribing, that's that little nudge for them to be like, oh, oh yeah, that, yeah, I'm, I'm really digging this. I'm going to subscribe. Um, so definitely asking for it, um, is the thing that you want to do. Um, let's see here. Super so chat. next up, we've got Redhead Idea says, "Thank you, Nick. Your streams and videos are super informative. Thank you. Glad that you are uh, glad that you're enjoying the content." Um, let's see here. Ba weep gonna weep ninibong. Not sure what that is, but uh, hey, ninibong gonna hey, weep baba. But hey, back at you. Yes, yeah, is, is he doing like yeah, like Star Wars bong, speak bong, here? <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I feel there's some type of uh, Star Wars speak going on <laughs> that I'm not that I'm not tuned into. <laughs> D's probably picking it up over there. Oh All no, right. everybody's speaking weird here. Oh, yeah. everybody's speaking different languages. Right. Oh, okay. Sorry, I just yeah. Jeez. Yep. Yeah, I just got up. This today. is my brother, ladies yep. and gentlemen. Just got up today, and I get it now. Imagine. Yeah. Imagine living yeah. your life with this <laughs> albatross <laughs> hanging around your neck like this. <laughs> We're talking. Yeah. Oh, really. Love it. Really? Hey, way to build me up, D. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for your support, man. <laughs> I appreciate it. Oh. All right. So next up, we've got uh, Boneyard Lawn Why Service. Are people speaking different languages in the chat? Yeah. I have no idea. Yeah. Yeah, it took me wow. a minute. Uh, Boneyard Lawn <laughs> Services. Uh, they upload, uh, they've been on YouTube for a year more. They do lawn maintenance content. The goal of the channel is 10,000 subscribers. And the question is, um, how years average to 10 to 15 or, or 5 to 10,000 subscribers? Hey, what number is this? I'm not sure what you mean. You say how years average to 5 to 10,000 subs. I, I don't fully understand your question. If you're asking how many years it takes to get to that, some people it takes them a really long time other yeah. people they can get that out of the way really quickly um, it just depends on the creator it depends on the things that you understand about the system um, in terms of how youtube works in terms of you know the things that your audience responds to how well you understand your audience how the how good you can put content together um, and how good of an experience you can create for the people that are interacting it how you can grab their attention um, from all the different you know pages of youtube all these things you know matter so when it comes to the amount of time it's going to take one person compared to, you know, the other person, um, it's all going to come down to, you know, those sorts of things. And of course, you know, the content decisions that you make along the way. 
So next up, we've got a uh, geology dude. What's going on? Hope you're doing great. Um, geology dude does education and rock identification. The goal of the channel is to influence and perhaps some money. And the question is, I just came across a YouTube channel with 50,000 subscribers and it's published 93,000 videos. Oh my goodness. Yes, those numbers are correct. The only video I watched was published three years ago and made long before AI. The video is narrating text directly lifted from Wikipedia and using a slow speaking and awful sounding robot voice. Doesn't using Wikipedia in this way violate YouTube's terms of service? It's a good question. You know, because they are, you know, if they're literally scraping word for word off of Wikipedia and just repeating that, I'm not sure what Wikipedia's rules are on that. Wikipedia might be okay with it. I'm not sure. But um, I guess technically that, that would be more of a copyright issue than it would a terms of service issue because you are allowed to use robot voices. You're allowed to use AI voices. You're allowed to use your own voice. You're allowed to hire people for voiceovers, things like that. Um, and at the end of the day, everything comes down to if people find value to the content or not and how and exactly how they respond to it so if people are finding that content and they're you know enjoying that content and getting value from it then in that case as long as wikipedia is okay with it then i think uh, i think it's fine uh when it comes to that type of channel there's also channels that do a similar thing when it comes to uh pronunciation so you know you can type in like you know how to pronounce this and a lot of times you'll get a youtube result from a uh from like a couple of channels that do it and they basically do the same exact thing where they either have a person or they have some type of you know robotic voice that will explain how to you know how to say something i used to have to use that all the time when i was doing all our questions content right because i was talking about all this crazy stuff and sometimes it was like medical or scientific or whatever and i'd be like yeah i don't even know i don't even know that that how to say that word um uh so i would have to use that in order to know how to say it right so um so here next up we got planty like the channel name uh they are an animation channel about reviews history and comedy the goal of the channel says I wanted to show my works and, uh, and creatively to many people around the internet. The question is, how can I make my viewers from YouTube follow me on Newgrounds or any other social media platforms? So first off, keep in mind, when people are on any social platform, it doesn't matter if they're on YouTube, it doesn't matter if they're on TikTok or Instagram or if they're on Facebook, wherever, it's difficult to get people to jump from one platform to another regardless um, of you know what it is that you are you know doing in the content however when it comes to getting people to follow you on other platforms it's usually the most engaged people or the people that are the most into what it is that you're doing that will follow you on those other platforms so because of that just make it available in your video description let people know that it's down there maybe add it to your creator links on your channel page so that people also you know see your availability there um, for that type of thing you could also use tube Banner, which gives you a, um, it's basically like your own page. And then that page has a bunch of buttons on it. You can also embed like a YouTube video into there. You can add images in there. It's like customizable. You, you can add like a, you know, a, a custom background to it, all this stuff. But it's basically like a link tree to where uh, you would have like your video at the top. You can see mine. If you go to nicknimmon.com slash bio, you'll see exactly what it is that I'm talking about because that's what I use. But the, uh, uh, the idea is to where if you have other places that you want people to follow you you can have that and then you put that in all of your social media accounts and then that 
one road leads to everything that you do. Um, or you can put individual links on all the different platforms, which based on how the bios work and all that stuff on a lot of the different platforms and even the creator links on YouTube, um, it can be a little bit confusing because if somebody clicks on that creator link and you've got a bunch of links there, then they got to sit there and try to figure out, you know, whichever one it is that, you know, you're trying to get them to. They kind of have to do that in the link tree as well, um, but it's just a little better organized, you know, in that in that particular situation. Let's see here. So Drew S says, if I hear an AI voiceover, I immediately leave the video. Um, I'm opposite. Like um, for me, if it's something like usually short form content, I'm usually okay. When it comes to long form content, I'm kind of in alignment. So if it's like something short, but it's still giving me something interesting, then in that case, I'm like, okay, this is interesting. Like, what is it? Cause it's still giving information. Um, but if it is like a long form video, then I'll go into it and I'm like, eh, let me see if there's somebody that's actually talking about this that will, you know, explain it or maybe show me or, you know, whatever the thing is. Game Punk, thanks, appreciate it. Thanks for the thanks for being a subscriber since 652. So thanks for the kind words on the uh, 900k, appreciate it. That's still crazy. You hit 900k. I, I've actually generated uh, uh, one million two hundred thousand seventy something. I believe it is on so, the channel. Yes. Yeah, so, so, so yeah. I'm up to almost four hundred thousand subscribers lost. That's insane. Yeah, I'm like 390 something thousand, I believe. Uh, 393,000. Um, uh, I checked that just the other day. Insane. So uh, Build With Mooney says they do woodworking content. The goal of the channel is to share and teach. The question is, thanks Nick and D for your advice. I've been um, linking everything I can to each video and other uh, video links, tags, description, wording, and I'm getting a good response with all the little details that you taught me to include community tab and more. I'm almost at a thousand subscribers. Any more advice at this stage in my YouTube journey? Absolutely. So what you want to do is you want to, is you want to make sure that you are you know, cause there's all the, there's all the little tweaks that you can make, right? There's all the little details and, you know, all those little details help you, you know, get in front of, you know, a little bit more people help the people have an easier experience with your content, all that good stuff. But, you know, at the core, the thing that you do to really move the needle on your YouTube channel and really accelerate things is you experiment a lot. So, you know, you experiment with, you know, a certain content pillar to where it's like, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to make, um, you know, I'm still targeting the same type of viewer and I'm still publishing my regular content, but then I'm also going to have this experimental content that I'm also putting out that's targeted towards those same people that I'm serving. And I'm going to, you know, build that up as well for a little bit of time and see if I can actually build that into something and see if people respond to it over time. And then if not, then you're like, okay, well, there goes that one. I'm going to try a different idea and then I'm going to try to do that. And by doing those types of things, it can really help you uncover opportunities that you might have, you know, otherwise uh, that you might have otherwise missed out on stuff like that is really important for longevity uh, when it comes to YouTube, because sometimes, you know, if you do the same exact thing all the time, sometimes that can work for a long period of time. Um, but, you know, it can be it, like it's a good idea to, you know, always be experimenting because then you're always trying to kind of push the boundaries with the, you know, the, the additional things that you're doing. Building with Mooney says, thanks, Nick, trying new buckets. I'm all in. Nice, nice, nice. So uh, let's see here. So next up on the list, we've got um, Shark Scrapper. What's going on, man? Hope you're doing great. They do edutainment content. The goal of the channel is to promote scrapping and recycling while adding to my revenue stream. The question is, I've been binging, uh, binning my videos and playlists to help viewers find similar content. How many videos is too many in a playlist? Should I be further dividing these playlists in some fashion, maybe uh, by year created? Thanks and keep up the, uh, the work that you do. So when it comes to playlists, there's different approaches that you can take based on what it is that you're doing with the playlist. 
So for example, if let's say that you're leading people into a playlist of content from your end screen, one thing to consider there is like, okay, if I'm leading people into this playlist, then what's the likelihood based on the video length in the playlist of each individual video, what's the likelihood of people completing a hundred videos in this playlist? It's gonna be pretty, pretty low. So because of that, if you're like, hey, I'm trying to get people in here and I'm only gonna isolate this around things that are directly related to this video as it relates to their interests, then you might only put, you know, three videos in there, two videos in there, or four videos, you know, in, in that particular one or five, you know, based on the video length. So you might only put a handful of videos um, in that particular playlist. But if you're like, okay, um, so I'm gonna have those playlists, but then I'm also going to categorize my content into bigger playlists so that people can bookmark it, they can come back, catch up on stuff if they want to, those types of things. And then there you can have those playlists to where you start putting everything. So like in your case, since you do scrapping, maybe you have like, okay, these are all my uh, you know computer finds or all my computer scraps. These are all of my you know uh, other you know types of things that you do and basically breaking things down into those type of categories so people can find them. Um, you could also do it by year if you chose to, but I wouldn't do that. And the reason for that is because really what you're doing it is, uh, you know, with, with scrapping, it is pretty evergreen. So since it is evergreen content, meaning that, you know, the concepts that you're sharing and, and some of the, the stuff that you're, that you're showing people now, um, that's still going to be relevant, you know, in the near future, unless things just start getting, you know, really expensive or, you know, something like that. But, you know, mostly the things that you're doing, you know, are going to be, uh, you know, they're going to be similar. So because of that, I wouldn't lock them to years um, just because then, you know, people might see the year for at least if you do years then have them available on your playlist page for people that might stumble on them, but it wouldn't be something that I would push people into or something that I would try to bring attention to by putting on your homepage or linking to it in end screens or even in your descriptions. I would have those just on your channel page. So if somebody asks you questions like, hey, what was it like scrapping in 2018? Then you could be like, oh, here's my playlist and this will show you exactly what it was like. But basically just looking at it and thinking of the viewer experience and thinking, okay, if I'm gonna be using the playlist for this, then in that particular case, based on you know their tolerance, how many videos should I put on here if I'm going to have it my end screen compared to I'm going to categorize this up to uh, make it easier for people that are interested in another, you know, specific uh, category of your content to be able to deep dive on that book market, come back for reference and things like that. Hey, Melanie, how you doing? Hey, Melanie, what's going on? Hope that you are doing fantastic. Nice to see you. Hope that you are doing great. Thank you for uh, swinging by the stream. Always nice to uh, see you swinging by. Next up, we've got... We're on uh, 31, D. Okay, that's what I thought, okay. Waiting for the page to load. Here we go. Uh, Calvin the Unfindable. Ooh. That, sound, that sounds like a character in a movie. Right? Yeah. Jason Bourne. Yeah. Right? Calvin the Can't Unfindable. Find, right? Come and find me. So um, the type of channel is um, how to watch and understand wildlife and the natural world. The goal of the channel is to share my passion for the natural world and hope to inspire others to be respectful of nature. Love it. Question. I'm a guy who's a complex life with physical disabilities and constant pains. I tried uploading per month or calendar month, but only managed a few months. Sadly, I can't leave my cameras and things up. I do not have the space for that. Any ideas on how to move forward to being more consistent with creating because the way my life is, it takes one day to get things out and set up, one day to create a few vids, hopefully a day to pack away, and then a month of editing. Um, often, 
if I start setting up, I have to break the following day due to uh, health while I'm not uploading. I do try writing and fleshing out ideas. I do dream of being a full-time YouTuber, but it seems life is too complex. YouTube is a struggle for those who have complicated days full of housework and appointments and no time for joys or creativity. Thanks for your awesome videos and news flashes. So uh, when it comes to consistency on YouTube, the elephant in the room is if you are making content around something that takes a long time to make sometimes you might have to you know just commit to just uploading when you can if that's once a month then it might be once a month other things are if you are wanting to be a full-time content creator then you also have to think about okay if this is something that is being extremely difficult and i'm literally fighting uphill the whole time trying to make this work um, then in that case trying to find something else to get into that might be a little bit easier might be the path in terms of if you're going to use this you know as, if you're trying to become a full-time creator so i was in a similar boat in terms of the amount of time that it was taking me to make content so along my journey when i first started this youtube channel um uh, i ran this channel for about five months and then i got the opportunity to work on another channel with somebody that knew what they were doing that knew that what they were doing that channel is called all our questions it's still online now you can go check it out that was like my favorite content to make it was amazing loved on it but like uh with all our questions um, it was a similar thing to where I was still new in all of this. So the videos took me a really long time to edit. Um, I also did a lot of like animations and things like that in there that I had to like figure out and make the graphics for and do all these things. The information that I was sharing because the premise of the channel is that I'm answering the world's most asked questions. So what I would have to do is I would have to go and research all of these different ideas that I wasn't familiar with and then understand the information enough that I would be able to condense it into a script that would become uh, a video video to where it would make it easy for other people to understand the ideas. So the amount of time that it was taking me to make content was, you know, was a lot. And it got me to a point to where I was like, man, like this has taken me so much time. And I also had, you know, um, other stuff that I was doing in my life at that time because I wasn't a full-time creator at that time. So just like, you know, like everybody else, you know, I had to, uh, you know, balance YouTube with what I was doing at that time. So uh, what I, the choice that I had to make and it sucked and it still sucks um, is that I had to uh, not make content for that channel, but I was hooked. I had the YouTube bug, right? I saw, you know, the possibilities here. So I came back to this channel and started making content on this channel because it was easier to make. So when it comes to that type of decision, it can suck, especially if you spent time. I've got like 80 something videos on that channel. I think I might've made 90 something, but I you know, had published 80 something videos. Um, and, it, and, it, and it still sucks, right? That I kind of left that channel and I'm, I'm still kind of like, emo I have like emotional baggage <laughs> with that channel. Um, but um, you know, that channel was part of my journey for what it is that I do now. So, you know, because of that, you know, it's important to make sure that you are thinking about, um, okay, if, if the thing that I'm currently doing is so difficult that I'm probably not going to be able to maintain it for, you know, a five year, 10 year stretch or longer then in that particular case, maybe I should find something that is a little bit easier. And this channel here would just be a part of that journey that would lead me into, you know, that content. So I've got, so, something to, I've got something to add to this. Yeah, please do. So if you're are, are finding it difficult to make videos and you only have a handful of videos up here, um, I would spend some time learning about YouTube shorts. Because if you're finding it difficult to make videos that are five and six minutes. Great suggestion. That are, you know, five and six minutes in length, then YouTube shorts currently cap out at what, one minute? 
right? One minute. So I would start planning more about the videos and think about how you can put this into a single minute. For example, I'm looking at your channel here and you're talking about these items here, like take a look at the world of animal top Trump's quiz or adventurous pocket microscope first look, right? YouTube shorts, it starts with, um, this is the adventures pocket microscope. Let's have a first look at it. And you've got like 55 seconds to show people what it is. Boom. Get really good at planning, really good at learning how to hook people in those first one to two seconds of a short and get really good. And this comes from practice and this comes from planning things out a little bit, write yourself a little script with Sharpies. If you have to with big text, that's what I do sometimes. So I can look and read that without actually, you know, have to, what, what's actually going on here. So you can just pick up your phone, record it with your phone, do a hook. This is what this thing is. Show that thing and just nail it in one take. Nail it in one take. You're going to have to practice. You're going to have to. Or a few takes. Just kind of, you take, know, one, together. Yeah, whatever. One take, two takes, edit that together on your phone. Mm -hmm. But it's a minute. You've got one minute. Yeah, one of the things uh, they mentioned here is they said it takes forever to edit due to not being able to remember where to find anything in the software. That part, well, you'll speed up with, you know, down the road. So, you know, when it comes to the editing software itself, um, you know, that's kind of where I was at, too, when I was getting started. Um, but when it comes to the editing software itself, like you'll, you you'll learn smartphone. over time, right, um, how to, how to how, you know, where the, where the buttons are for the things that you need to do. He doesn't have a smartphone. Well, first of all, so goes, congrat congratulations yeah. and forget everything that I just said yep. about, about shorts. Yep. Uh, what are you using to, to record your videos with? Yeah, you, you could do the same thing with, with whatever he's using to, to make the videos with. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Whatever, whatever you are using to make those videos with, just learn about how to do shorts. You've got a minute, and you, able, you should be able to upload more videos. Because if you're, you're uploading once per month every you know five months ago, six months ago, seven months ago, eight months ago, that's just not working for you um, the way you're doing it. So I would really look into YouTube shorts and, and try to figure out the most efficient way you can do that. Uh, and and re really quick. Oh, yeah, go ahead, D. Go ahead. Yeah, you know, the more you do it, the easier it's going to become, the more efficient you're going to become at it. If you only do it once a month, you're never really going to get better, right? If, if I only played basketball once a month, I would, I'd be a terrible basketball mm -hmm. player. Right, and I understand your situation, but you're gonna. If you played basketball like thirty times a month, you'd be a bad basketball player. Ba yeah, I'm terrible at basketball. But you know, you do anything once a month, you're not you're not going to improve at it. But if you're like, hey, all I have is a minute, I have one minute to make this video, you're gonna get better at it. It just takes practice. I mean, we, everybody sucks at this when they start. Everybody, you sucked, I sucked, yeah. everybody did. Yeah. But through repetition, uh, even in your situation, you know, mm -hmm. just instead of thinking five minutes, six it's part minute of the videos, journey. it's part of the journey. Yeah. Think, how can I, and here's the thing, you don't even have to make a one minute video. Mm -hmm. Your short could be 30 seconds. Yep. It could be 20 seconds. Mm -hmm. Just think about how can I get this information that I wanna share. You don't have to do a complete review. You can say, here's the thing, and here's my favorite feature of the thing. Mm -hmm. 20 seconds. Yep. Done. Here's the thing. And here's my two favorite features of this thing. Yep. You can have that thing and make multiple shorts and show a different feature mm -hmm. for each one. Right. So you just have to think about how you can get these shorter video, shorter videos made. It's a process. 
it's a process. So really quick, um, hey, Aprenos, Aprenos and Francais says that uh, they love shorts, but I prefer, prefer to do longer videos, especially for educational videos. I'm looking into finding ways to clip shorts from longer videos. Boy, have I got a solution oh, for you. Oh, yes, you do. So I have a video <laughs> that I published on my channel. I think it's two videos, maybe three videos back. But if you look at my channel page right now, you're going to see a video that says like something along the lines of like publish more videos faster or something like that. It's a blue, it's got my face in it, blue background and the thumbnail. And then it has like a black icon with like a circle-y thing in it. Um, uh, that video is about a service called Opus Clip. And with Opus Clip, what you can do is you can take your long form video, you drop it into Opus Clip, and then it's going to, uh, their AI is going to find parts in that video that the system thinks would make for a good short based on the things that you're sharing in that video. Um, and then you can go through and and out of those shorts, you can say, okay, um, uh, this one here, I wish it would have started just a little bit earlier. Then you can go in and you can actually you know, tell it, okay, start just a little bit earlier. Start when I say this and then end when I say this. And then if you are trying to upload um, just into YouTube by itself, you can just upload it directly into YouTube from their interface. You can schedule or publish immediately. You can also, um, you can distribute it across platforms too. So you can say, I want this to go onto YouTube. I want it to go onto TikTok and I want it to go onto Instagram. And the way that it's set up, you can optimize for each one. So you can say, I want the title to be this on Instagram, this on YouTube, this on TikTok. This is what I want the descriptions to be. Um, and then you hit go and then it will um, put them all out there or it will schedule them there or it will just publish them to the platforms unlisted. So then you can go in and do anything that you need to do to them before you publish. But it's called Opus Clip. I've got an entire video about it that you can um, that you can check out um, and that will help you solve that problem if that's, you know, in alignment with what it is that you're that you're looking for there. Christina Smallhorn says that we've got 23 days left until Christmas, which I know you mentioned, uh, you know, she was in here a second ago. Christina, what's going on? Hope you're doing great. Thanks for the uh, holiday reminders. Super appreciated. Where did 2023 go? Hey, it was in 2023. Holy cow. Yeah, in 2023. I feel like I just quick. blinked and this year is coming to an end. Mm -hmm. Man. Yeah, kind of is. Yeah. Wow. And I know and we Christina's say listening while editing. Awesome. Love it. What were you going to say? I, I know we say that every year, like, well, it was a fast year, but this yeah. year really seemed fast. <laughs> really seemed fast. So uh, see here, next up. Yeah, Jerry says he ditched his long-form restaurant review format because I can make six to eight shorts about individual aspects that get tons more views each. Yeah. So the channel, the next channel we're looking at is AO uh, Hammer. The artist, oh, Hamer, sorry about that. Um, they do an art vlog channel where I share my journey as a full-time artist inspired by nature, music, and spirituality. Love it. The goal of the channel is I consider my channel the diary of an artist, and I currently have 11,000 subscribers. My goal is to share my life and painting process, packed and presented in a way that adds value to the general public by sharing life and spiritual lessons through my art. Some other goals are to drive traffic to my art shop and grow my Patreon community. The question is, I've had an experimental video that took off on my channel. It was very successful, but I'm afraid to make another one because I don't want the YouTube algorithm to pigeonhole me into one topic. Am I limiting my growth opportunity or is this correct thinking in regards to the algorithm? So when it comes to this type of scenario, this is why it's really important to make sure that, you know, all the videos that you're publishing on your channel are targeted towards a particular audience. Like if you're just uploading videos and you're just kind of like, hey, I'm just kind of putting this out there and if the channel grows cool if not that's fine too because i'm just doing it as a hobby in that particular case it's not as critical because the video performance doesn't really matter as long as you have some people interacting with your content but if you're like hey i really want to grow this 
and I want to, you know, turn my channel into, you know, like a destination for the things that you mentioned here, then in that particular case, it's really important to make sure that you're thinking about, you know, that target avatar, that target viewer that you're trying to reach. And then that all the decisions that you make around your content are all pointed at that particular type of viewer. And in situations like this, where you have a video that takes off and it's successful, all the people that are interacting with that content, YouTube is recommending some of your old content to them already. So yeah. based on what you already have on your channel, some of that content might resonate with some of those people, some of that content might not, but moving forward, it's helpful if your goal is to grow the channel, then in that particular case, it's helpful to, to look at that video and say, okay, for the people that are interacting with this video and my other videos that do well on the channel, for those particular videos, for the things that I'm planning on publishing next, would these be a great fit for those people that are interacting with these videos? If the answer is yes, then in that particular case, it's it's a good practice there to publish that for growth. If the answer is like, well, not really, but I really wanna put it out there, in that case, you can still do that. Like, you don't have to make every video that you publish on your channel try to be, you know, like the best video on your channel in terms of performance. So you can still put that stuff on there, but just be mindful that just like you had this video, this experimental video that took off, that can happen again with other content that you put out just for the sake of putting it out. And then when those things start to happen, you start to put yourself into a predicament. Because then, let's say you put out this other video that isn't really targeted towards that similar audience. Now what happens is you have this video over here that's targeting this group of people. And then you have this video that's doing well over here targeting this group of people. And then when it comes to YouTube recommending content to some of these, you know, uh, some of your other archive to these people, some of the videos that aren't relevant to them, I mean, they'll still need to be somewhat relevant to them, but some of the content that they're publishing that isn't the best fit for them um, might get recommended to them if they're highly engaged with what it is that you're doing. And then because of that, you know, you can basically, you know, make things a little bit more difficult. So I, I'm going to go back here and, and talk to Calvin for a minute because I saw a message that he posted. It says, I take an hour per day to either write ideas or practice editing and camera confidence. Here's, here's what I want you to try to do, Calvin. As creators who are getting started, it's really difficult to build momentum. And a lot of us have this habit of putting all of these hurdles in front of us and reasons why we're not actually making the video. And it's really easy to get caught up in. Why well, need to practice? And you, you do need to practice. Everybody needs to practice. But we learn more by doing then we do practicing. So here's what I would recommend. Spend 20 or 30 minutes a day practicing that stuff and take the other 30 minutes and make a 30 second video. Mm. Even if that means it's just one take and put it up there. I don't want you to worry right now about the results. I don't want you to worry about how people are going to respond. What I want you to do is build a habit of making short videos and uploading those short videos. Once you build the habit, you're going to get into a routine and some of these concerns, right? You're talking that's about you start working on efficiency and you're, yeah. right, right. Because you're talking about camera confidence. We all go through this where we, we feel like we lack a confidence to be in front of the camera. Listen, you can't practice that away without actually doing the thing and publishing the thing, mm -hmm. because part of feeling confident is feeling confident when other people see it. Mm -hmm. So make those videos. I don't care if the video is 20 or 30 seconds. Build the habit of making those short videos. Spend less time planning on 
you know, camera confidence and writing ideas. Use ChatGTP, the free version, 3.5, to help you brainstorm ideas, to help you write little scripts for little 30-second videos and build the habit of publishing. Trust me on this. Work, work on that instead of spending that hour just practicing. And you're, you're going to see over time, it takes a while, man. We've all been through it. It takes a while. But that's what you need to do. You and, need to actually start riding the horse instead of thinking about how you're going to ride the horse. And I uh, love that analogy, by the way. Um, so one more thing here for um, the art channel for um, the uh, Hamer is uh, Renee uh, mentions here. He says the algorithm tends to not look at channels um, and creators, but topics and videos. You'll grow faster by consistently giving people what they show that they want. But if you don't just treat it as bonus views. Yeah. So basically, you know, just in terms of that, like, you know, each individual video is going to be recommended to people. So if those recommendations are, you know, in alignment with, you know, the interest that they have, um, that can definitely be helpful. And if you go out of alignment, then just look at those as, you know, bonus views and hope they don't end up, you know, doing substantially, you know, better and becoming the primary traffic drivers of your channel. Calvin, you got a GoPro. Listen, man, use what you have and figure out how to use it, man. Mm. Use what you have and just try to be able to have it. Got a GoPro? That's great. People are making YouTube channels with GoPros. It's good enough. Next, we got GamePunk. GamePunk does daily content. Uh, they have a gaming channel. The goal of the channel is to share my passion in gaming and generate monetary income as well. The question is, hey, Nick, I've been uploading videos usually every day. And honestly, right now, I'm starting to feel burned out. And I want to take a break for at least a week or two. Now I'm kind of worried that I might lose my viewers if I don't upload any videos in that span of days. What can you recommend? Appreciate your help. If you need a break, take, take a break. A break. And the reason that I recommend that is because, you know, if you're broken, then, you know, everything else is going to be broken. Um, you know, you're not going to be able to deliver at your, you know, you're not going to be, be able to deliver at your highest value. Um, so because of that, if you need to take the break, by all means, you know, take the break. Your channel is going to be there. Viewers are going to be there. Um, try not to take too long of a break. But, you know, but but if you need a break, definitely, uh, definitely take a break. Um, it can be helpful if you do need to take a long break to pre-plan those long breaks and making some, you know, content, even if it's, even if it's content to where it's like, Hey, uh, maybe I'm going to, uh, you know, share something with my viewers still, you know, make it about them in terms of their interests and stuff. But like, maybe I'm going to share something with my viewers that is a little bit easier for me to make so that I don't have to, uh, you know, uh, you know, completely burn out while I'm preparing for this break. Um, but that's if you're taking a long break. But if you need to take off like a week, two weeks, something like that, you're you're perfectly fine. Um, everything will keep you know moving right along. And when you come back in, start making videos again, you're going to be fine. Um, I would just try not to make that break last you know too long. Yeah, you're uploading one to two times a day. Holy so, cow! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, take, and take the break. Take the break. You're yeah. gonna be you're gonna be fine. So here's what you're gonna see when you take that break, or what you're likely to see. So right now, because you're publishing all of that new content every day. You have all that new content that YouTube is testing against people to see how they respond to it, right? So when you do take that break, you might notice, uh, you know, a lull because you don't have that new content pushing out. Um, but you know, with all of the content that you're pushing out, you're probably having enough traffic coming in um, to where you know to where it's not going to make that much of a difference anyway. But at being that aggressive, yeah, take your take your break. Yeah. Um, and then when you come back in, you'll be able to hop, you know, hop back on track and, and keep things rolling. You can also instead of doing some of those where you do like two a day or something, you stagger them out a little bit and then schedule them so you keep posting while you're taking your break. Yeah. Right. Make the it, like you're on a grind right now. Yeah. Pace yourself. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
that's a wrap, D. We just got through the questions. All right. Nice. Love not, it. We're cruising today. Not a lot of questions yeah. today. Yeah, it's 33. That's still a decent amount of questions. Slackers. Yeah, I know, I know right? Yeah, I guess, <laughs> no, I guess everybody here knows everything. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the timing is good there, too. Like, right, we got like uh, 19, you know, ish, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, minutes yeah, left, yeah. maybe 15. So, yeah, that's uh, that's good. Yeah, absolutely love it. But, yeah, like, if you, you are going to, you know, take those breaks, definitely, you know, do it. Like, mental health as a creator is something that you really have to make sure that you are keeping a handle on because you know as a creative in general like for you know the type of people that make youtube videos you know we think about this stuff a lot we are always trying to come up with new ideas we are looking at our stats and we're either being like you know joyous of our stats or we're like oh man i got yeah i got some work to do meet or you know the whatever bar, the thing is the bar tonight right yeah yeah meet yeah, you, yeah you, you got usual like, hole right yeah, how's your video turn out right yeah I'll I mean, at the bar just, at 11. Yeah, yeah right <laughs> so you know like you know you have all these you know emotions that you're dealing with in addition to and all these you know requirements so to speak that you're dealing with in addition to whatever else it is that you're doing in your in your regular life right so, you know, because of that, you know, when you when you need to take those breaks, definitely take those breaks, because, you know, if you don't, then that grind will just get harder and harder and it'll start taking out the joy from what it is that you're doing. Um, and it'll become something that's what burnout. That's what happens when you have burnout is you start, you know, uh, one, you might even start feeling a little bit, you know, like depressed and stuff like that. But you can also start being like resentful towards what it is that you're doing or start being resentful towards, you know, certain comments and, you know, things like that. And it can really distort the awesomeness of what it is that you're doing as a content creator in terms of being able to impact people in terms of being able to you know just make stuff and put it out there to the world and people from all over the world and all these different countries get the opportunity to interact with it and you know the the, the cool side you know like you 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 can mess that up if you're not taking care of yourself so definitely make sure that you're prioritizing your your mental health i burned out i yeah. completely burned out torched mm -hmm. torched to the ground burned out yep. pace yourself yep. you need to take a break don't take too long of a break yep Torched. Torched. Yeah, so we're going to go into lightning Gasoline. round mode. Yep. We're, we're going to go... <laughs> We're going to go into lightning round mode. So if you have uh, if you have any questions, um, since the form is um, is finished now, if you have any questions, um, just put a cue in front of your question. We're just going to go into a lightning round, try to answer as many as we can here over the next about 10 minutes. Um, so if you have a question, put a cue in front of it, and we'll answer as many as we possibly can. Resin uh, Dragon Studio says, man, burnout is real. It is. Yeah, yeah I've been through it um, as well. Um, it's, it's, it's tough. Absolutely, uh, absolutely tough. I'm gonna yeah, go ahead and pin Bruce, Doug's lightning round. Gruce Game Zones uh, talking about uh, best for thumbnails. He doesn't think Canva. She is, doesn't think Canva is gonna cut it. Listen, Canva is great. The problem is you haven't yet learned how to maximize Canva's ability. Yeah, Canva's fantastic. You can make some amazing thumbnails in Canva. Mm -hmm. And nobody's asking questions. I, no. guess, I guess. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's cool. Okay, here we go. Okay, yeah, here we go. says, um, how do you recognize a point of accelerating momentum on YouTube? Um, you start noticing, you start noticing, um, obviously you start noticing all your stats rise, um, but you'll, you'll notice with every video that you're, that you're publishing that people are just responding to it better. And you'll, you'll just start seeing this happen, like in your, in your stats. So you start seeing that lift, so to speak, when you, when you're starting to pick up momentum. Oh man, this is a great question. Um, let's see here. Do you two realize how helpful you are? Um, I don't think D realizes how helpful he is. Do you? How helpful? Yeah. I mean, like, I hope Carrie. Did she stuff. say how hateful you are? Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, how helpful. Yeah. No, but I, I, I think D realizes how hateful he is. But no, I don't know if I, he realizes how helpful he is. I, I, I'll, I'll tell you something. Going to, you don't. You, I don't think anybody really does. Like, when you are just making videos and you're publishing content yeah. on a regular basis, 
you can read comments where people say something, but I'll tell you where it really started to-, to Conferences? Click. Yes, going yeah. to conferences yeah. and meeting people. People who've never left comments on my channel before and yeah. anything like that, you just meet them and have a conversation. And hearing things like, man, like, you know, I, all I had was like an iPhone 7 and, and you showed me how to start a channel with it. And now I'm making, you know, what am I paying half my rent or now it turns, like that's, that's mind blowing. It so until I, until I started going to conferences, like that really didn't, I just, I'm just making videos. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm just making videos, just making videos. And you start meeting people who have learned things from you and they've been able to implement things to make their lives better. That's where it really starts to, to impact. And I know you've had some really heavy ones. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah this really last one was, 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 yeah, there's a lot of heavy ones in uh, Pittsburgh yeah. this year. Yeah. Uh, Pan Test TV says, uh, what's the best way to uh, do A-B thumbnail testing? So um, YouTube is actually rolling out an A-B testing feature. I'm pretty sure everybody's going to have it in 2024. I just got it. So, oh, you just got it? I just got it. Yeah, yeah. so they're rolling that out now to uh, to creators. So, um, so so youtube is going to be the best one um in terms of the recommendation system if you are somebody that's being strategic with your content and let's say that you're somebody that um you know does like affiliate marketing you have your own products that you're bringing attention to or you have a business or something like that then in that particular case um uh using youtube's a b testing tool so that you can uh so that you can see what performs best in the recommendation system in terms of what generates the watch time there and then from there using TubeBuddy's a b testing tool if you are targeting youtube search because one of the differences um in terms of youtube's tool versus uh TubeBuddy's is youtube's just goes for watch time which is super smart because the whole idea is that if people are interacting with your content and they're watching it for a longer period of time that means that you're meeting the expectation based on the packaging of the video right in terms of the thumbnail and the in the title so that's great but when it comes to youtube search they don't tell you in their a b tests hey, this is how people responded to this thumbnail compared to this thumbnail in search compared to home pages, or this is how they respond best uh, in to this thumbnail compared to this thumbnail in uh, suggested videos. Uh, they don't tell you that. However, with TubeBuddy, if you are somebody that's doing search-based content, um, they tell you that. So they'll say, hey, in search, this one performed better than this one. Uh, when people click on this one, they watch it for longer, you know, from this particular, uh, you know, traffic source. Um, and they give you that more detailed information. So using YouTube so that you can thrive in the recommendation system and then testing against that one, the winner there um, with TubeBuddy for search um, is the, is the um, approach there. Next one, how do you solve the problem of getting views but limited likes and comments? I can tell you how I do it, and you can say how you do it. Mm -hmm. um, I don't really worry about likes and comments anymore. There yeah. are some things that you can do in your video, ask questions, mm -hmm. and people will leave comments. There's some tricks that you can use to try to yep. get people. I've had, do something I've, wrong. Do something wrong. Yeah. I've made videos on how to get more comments. You can mm -hmm. probably go find yeah, that on my channel. Yep. But now just think about how you can make a video that the viewer is going to like and enjoy. Mm -hmm. Focus on satisfying the viewer. Mm -hmm. If you can focus on satisfying the viewer, everything else is going to fall into place. Yep. Yeah, like everybody wants more comments and stuff um, and, and likes, of course, because yeah. that's feedback on what it is right. that you're doing. Um, and that's also, you know, like where your community starts and, you know, all those things as well. So, you know, it, it's good getting that stuff. But at the end of the day, just focus on the content. Yeah. Um, yeah, you if you ask people to like, people will like the video. Yeah. If you ask people to comment, they will comment. But if you ask people a question, then you take away the hurdle of them coming up with something to comment because yes. then they just have to answer the question. I'll demonstrate this. Right now, just leave a comment in the in the chat. Okay, that's one version. Next, let me know in the chat uh, how many subscribers you have on your YouTube channel. 
right? You see the difference there? So in the first one, it's like, okay, well, what am I gonna comment? In the second one, it's like, oh, okay, now I just gotta let them know how many subscribers I have, right? And that's the comment. So, you know, that's the difference when it comes to, you know, getting people to engage in the comments in an easier way. Ask a question so people don't have to think about what they're going to say. Yep. One of the flaws people say is be sure to leave a comment. And subscribe a like. and like, right. like all yeah. in one swing. Focus yeah. on, focus on like one thing. What yep. do you want them to do? Ask them a question so they mm -hmm. have so they know what the answer is so they can write the answer yep. so they don't have to think about what to write because yep. then they won't. Yep, and separate them too. Like yeah. if you want to do all of those engagement things, then in that case, like let's say you know at this part of your video you ask them a question that will generate the comments. In this part of the video, you say something like, "Yeah, if you agree, you know, make sure you hit the thumbs up button," or you know, if you're enjoying this, hit the thumbs up button or whatever. You do that a little bit later, and then maybe towards the end, you're like, "Oh, hey, by the way, if you're you know enjoying this, I you know publish every whatever, so make sure you subscribe." That kind of stuff. Uh, next up, we've got, uh, do people like to play Halo as a video game? Absolutely, they do. People I, like to play all kinds of different games. I do not, but apparently the yeah, rest D of the doesn't. world does. <laughs> um, let's see here. We've got, are you two twins if D takes off his hat? We are not. No. Some people think so, though. We have that, we have that here um, also where we live. We, we have people think that all the time. Um, let's see here. Any budget mic that you recommend for an iPhone? Uh, it depends on your budget. We talked What's earlier. This little thing right here. We talked about the Boya BYM1 lavalier microphone. It's got an incredibly long cable. Plugs into your phone. Sounds fantastic. I've got a video. I've got several microphone uh, reviews on my channel, specifically about hooking up microphones to your 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 iPhone. So I think the Boya is about twenty bucks. Sounds fantastic. You do need a little dongle for it to connect it to your iPhone. Mm -hmm. Sounds great. Twenty bucks. Um, Chad, just send me an email with it at asknimmon at gmail.com. I think I'm doing a heart here, Christina. That's my heart. That's my, <laughs> that's my little Grinch heart uh, that's two sizes too small. Nice. Yeah, Chad, just, uh, yeah, asknimmon at gmail.com. It's in the description of a lot of my videos, also that email. Um, and it's on the, um, the uh, business inquiry uh, on my About Me page too. Medellin Buzz, why do you live in Asia? That's a fantastic question. Uh, Asia was... I, I've been all over Latin America as well, but Asia was like, back when I first came over here, it was like going to another planet. It was completely different than anything I'd ever experienced in my life. And I really, I, I just love the chaos of it. Um, and then basically blackmailed him to come over. Mm -hmm. uh, and then he came, yeah. And yeah. just, you know, the years passed and here we are. Did you yeah. ever throw those pictures away, by the way? <laughs> <laughs> no, so, Asia, you know, Asia's just a different, like, yeah, it's Latin, a different place. It's Latin a different America lifestyle. America has a vibe. Yeah. Europe's got a vibe. You know, mm -hmm. Asia's just got its own vibe. But yeah. one of the things I really love about Asia, uh, number is one, is we can go to the malls without being in fear. Yeah, yeah. The, the city that we live in, the country we live in is, is relatively safe, but the city we live in is so safe. I can legit, I can leave my backpack or I can put my phone on, on a, uh, the table at the, mm -hmm. in a cafe. I can go to the bathroom for 20 minutes, come back, and it's going to be there. Yep. Theft is Bigger low. question. What are you doing in the bathroom for 20 minutes? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Far away. Uh, yeah. No, it's incredibly safe. It's incredibly safe. The people here are super, super, super friendly. Very helpful. It's just a vibe, man. I dig it. So, 
English Fun Zone says, love the end screens on Tuber Tools. How do I use them with TubeBuddy end screen pre-upload um, uh, so that I don't have to use YouTube end screen that cuts into my video? So you should use YouTube's end screens because when it comes to the YouTube end screen element, that's clickable. And then that, that will send people into additional content in your channel. So you absolutely always want to prioritize YouTube's version. And then with the graphical end screens, uh, with those, those are basically to where you can lay those, you know, there. And then you can put those elements on top. So then, you know, it's just nice and, you know, looks nice and clean and, you know, professional and stuff. So you, you definitely always want to use YouTube's though, because that is how you, you know, get people to click on those and then go deep deeper into your content and watch additional content. Um, and when it comes to the end screens where they are overlapping on your video, keep in mind that the default is 20 seconds, but you can actually grab that, uh, that the, the little, you know, line down there in the timeline for that. And you can make it shorter. So you can take it down to, I believe the shortest might be 10 seconds on that. Um, but you can take it down or maybe it's five, but you can take it down pretty small, but just make sure you're giving people enough time to click. But what you want to do there with that is just start telling people towards the end of your, you know, content that, you know, hey, there's a video on the screen right now, blah, blah, blah. And then when you're saying that as your content's coming to an end and then you end it, then you'll be able to put the end screen there in a, com in a comfortable place. Currently with your archive there, you've already got content, you've already ended it in a certain way and things like that. So it's kind of interruptive, you know, when you add that. Um, but, you know, moving forward, I would try to work that into the conversation at the end of the videos, put a little note on your computer or, or wherever it is that you're you know, um, uh, recording your content and then, uh, and then make sure that you mention that at the end of your video. So then, you know, you can encourage people to, you know, go further if they would like to. Mr. Potterheads, you have been noticed. Um, Richie Wright says, how should I deal with bullies making misleading information about me? I've tried reporting it to YouTube, but I feel like YouTube is breaking their own rules. They don't do anything about it. First and foremost, if they're leaving comments, you block them. You can hide yep. people from your channel. They don't even know that they're hidden. Secondly, if you are putting yourself out there on social media, I know this isn't what you want to hear. It, you have to get thick skin. Yep. People are going to make videos about you. If they disagree with you, people are going to come at you. If you're going to put yourself out there, you have to toughen up. I know it's yep. not what you want to hear, but block people from leaving comments that they're causing problems for you and keep reporting them to YouTube. Yep. Make sure you find the correct reason to report them. Yep. And, and, and I'm sorry that you're going through that. Mm -hmm. it, it, it's and use your blocked words list. So in your yeah. YouTube settings, you have a blocked words list where you can put in very specific words um, and phrases. And then if people say those things, then YouTube will automatically hide them from public view as well. Yeah. But um, on that note, um, I want to thank everybody for hanging out here today. I do want to remind you, if you are a new content creator, that you know um, all of this stuff can take time. Um, you know, if you are just coming into this, there's a lot of skills and things that you need to you know get up to speed on. I actually have a video pinned at the top of the chat right now. It's actually the latest video that I published talking about the skills that you need to develop, you know, to, to be a successful creator on YouTube, make sure you watch that when you get the chance. But the thing that I want to express though, is that this whole thing is a learning curve, just like everything else. So because it is a learning curve, just make sure that you, that you recognize that. And if you are at a place where you're like, man, I'm, I'm, I'm publishing videos and things just aren't working out right now. Um, hang in there and just, just realize that that's happening because there's more to learn. There's more skills to develop so that you can see things in a different way. So because of that, stay focused on publishing try to be consistent, you know, as consistent as you can, um, and try to always be working on your skill set so that you can level up over time. And um, on that note, thank you everybody so much for hanging out in the stream today. I hope that you learned something. Make sure you hit the like button um, on the way out. And uh, D, great stream. And uh, we'll see you next, uh, we'll see you next Saturday. Have a great uh, rest of your weekend. Cheers.